Okay, the recording has started. It is 3.10 p.m. and may start the meeting. Thanks, Tara. Good afternoon and welcome to the meeting of the Visual Arts Committee for Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. I'd like to call this meeting to order. Uh, Tara, can we call roll? Commissioner Ferris. Here. Commissioner Beltran. Here. Commissioner Hakimi. Here. Commissioner McCoy. Present. And Commissioner Schneer. Here. Commissioners Liu and Musli are absent and we have quorum for today's meeting. Great. All right, I'd like to ask for any changes to the agenda. Seeing none, I'd like to begin the meeting. Welcome to the Visual Arts Committee hybrid meeting. The meeting will be conducted as a hybrid meeting to allow public comment and public access to the Visual Arts Committee meetings, either remotely or in person in room 125 at the War Memorial Veterans Building located at 401 Van Ness Avenue. I want to remind us of the policies and procedures for public meetings. At this meeting, we are bound to follow the structure of our agenda and adhere to the best practices set out in the Good Government Guide. At every public meeting, there is a place for general public comment where members of the public may make comment on any item pertaining to this body. In this case, please keep your general public comments to items under the purview of the San Francisco Arts Commission. For every item on the agenda, there is also a space for public comment pertaining to that item. Respectfully, we ask that you keep your public comment on topic. Each public comment is limited to three minutes. Public comment will be taken both in person and remotely via WebEx. For each agenda item, the committee will take public comment first from people attending the, me the meeting in person and then from people attending the meeting remotely. Furthermore, I would like to address a few virtual meeting housekeeping items. Please mute your microphones to minimize background noise. When you speak, you will have to unmute yourselves. Please speak directly into the microphone and introduce yourself when you speak so that others on the phone know who is talking. I will turn it over to program associate Tara Peterson for public comment instructions. The public is encouraged to submit their public comments in two ways, one in person during the meeting or two remotely via WebEx. For members of the public joining in person who wish to comment on agenda items, once you are called on, then you'll be asked to voice your comment at the podium. We will provide you with a blank public comment card. You are recommended but not required to fill out this card. You may also make a public comment through the WebEx platform. While you click, when you click the WebEx link, you will then be prompted to enter the following information, first and last name and email. These fields are required. However, if you wish to rename anonymous, you can type public in the first and last name fields and public at public.com in the email field. Please ensure that you are in a quiet location and that all devices around you are muted so there is no echo when you speak. At the appropriate time, the chair will request public comment. For members of the public using the WebEx link, please click the hand icon to raise your hand. This will place you in the public comment queue. When it is your time to speak, you will be unmuted by the moderator. And when your time is up, you will be muted. For members of the public calling by phone that wish to make a public comment, when the public comment period opens, press star three to be added to the speaker line. When your microphone has been unmuted, you will hear us ask you to state your name and your comment. You are encouraged, but not required to state your name for the record. I will start your three minutes when you speak using a visual timer. You will also receive a 30 second audible warning. When your time is up, I will say call or your time is up. Then you will be placed on mute and moved out of the speaker's line. We will pause briefly before closing public comment to ensure no other commenters are seeking to speak on that item. Participants who wish to speak on other agenda items can remain on the line and listen for the next public comment opportunity. Anyone who speaks during a public comment period at today's meeting can send a summary of the comments to be included in the minutes. If it is 150 words or less to art-info 
at sfgov.org. The summary may be rejected if it exceeds the prescribed word limit or is not an accurate summary of the speaker's public comment. Public comment instructions will also be shared on the screen during each public comment. Uh, Commissioner Ferris, you may begin the meeting. Thanks, Tara. I would like to start the meeting by reading our land acknowledgement statement. San Francisco Arts Commission acknowledges that we are on the unceded ancestral homeland of the Rametush Ohlone, who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Rametush Ohlone have never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as the caretakers of this place, as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Rametush community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. As a department dedicated to promoting a diverse and equitable arts and culture environment in San Francisco, we are committed to supporting the traditional and contemporary evolution of the American Indian community. All right, I'd like to call item number two. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number two is general public comment. This item is to allow members of the public to comment generally on matters of the commission's purview, as well as to suggest new agenda items for commission's consideration. I'd like to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number two, general public comment? We'll be taking in-person public comments first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. And if you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Please press only once since pressing up more than that will move from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There is no in-person public comment. And give it a few more seconds. There is no remote public comment. Great. Public comment is now closed and we will call item number three. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number three is the consent calendar. Any items? So uh, I would like to call for any commissioner discussion or questions on the consent calendar. And seeing none, I would like to call for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number three of the consent calendar? There's no in-person public comment. If you are listening via WebEx, please raise your hand to be put in the queue. And if you're listening via phone, please press star three. Please press only once since pressing more than once for music from the queue. I'm not seeing anybody. We'll give it another um, 10 seconds. There's no public comment. Great. Thanks, Farah. All right, then I would like to um, ask for a motion. So move, Beltran. Second, Schneer. Thanks, commissioners. And uh, all those in favor, say aye. Aye. All those opposed say nay. Motion passes unanimously. Great. Thanks, commissioners. Thanks, Tara. Let's call item number four. Item number four is the SFAC Galleries Winter 2024 Exhibition. We have a discussion and possible action. 
for the Director of Cultural Affairs to approve a cur curator honorarium in the amount of $3,000 to Nancy Lim for the research and development of the Winter Spring 2024 SFAC Gallery's main gallery exhibition, Conversation 8, Harry Dodge and Alicia McCarthy, January 26th through April 27th, 2024. I'd like to introduce Director of Galleries and Public Programs, Carolina Arana. Aranabar Fernandez. Did I pronounce it correctly? Yes, thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. I'll be presenting our winter 2024 exhibition in the main gallery. Okay. We're excited to announce our exhibition in the main gallery, Conversation 8. Harry Dodge and Alicia McCarthy, curated by Nancy Lim. Some of you may recognize this exhibition as it was scheduled to open in April 2020. We're thrilled to, to be able to finally present this show. Conversation 8, Conversation is an exhibition series that started in 2005 that features a local artist alongside an artist based outside, artist based outside the Bay Area. Harry Dodge is an artist and writer based in Los Angeles. His visual practice uses materiality and the surreal to explore thresholds, multiplicity, and the social strains and paradoxes of, of having a physical body. His book, Meteorite or Without the Random, There Can Be No New Things, was released in 2020 and was a New York Times book review editor's choice. Dutch has exhibited widely, including the new, new Museum in New York, the Hammer Museum in Los Angeles, and the Whitney Museum in New York. He is originally from San Francisco and was one of the founders of the community-based performance space, The Bearded Lady, a touchstone in the queer DIY literally and art scene. Alicia McCarthy, is an Oakland-based artist whose work engages with the immediate world around her and uses a decidedly focused color palette on mixed media panels. Using repetitive mark making, McCarthy's motifs are deeply personal and their works often include an, an indication of physical presence, such as the ring by, by a coffee cup, print from boot or a note written by the artist. McCarthy has exhibited at the Wexner Center for the Arts in Columbus, Ohio, the Berkeley Art Museum, Yerba Buena Center for the Arts, and was the recipient of the SFMOMA Sika Art Award in 2017. Nancy Lim, the curator, is an associate curator in painting and sculpture at the San Francisco Museum of Modern, Modern Art, where she focuses on post-war and contemporary California art. She previously served as Asian Art Curatorial Fellow at the Guggenheim Museum and as a Curatorial Assistant in the Department of Painting and Sculpture at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. Recent project includes John Brown Retrospective at SFMOMA, the Villa Selmunis Retrospective at SFMOMA, Mythos, Psyche, Eros, Jazz in California, and the 2019 Sika Art Award Exhibition. Thank you.
Great, thank you so much. And we are just clarifying. Okay, perfect. Okay, thank you so much for that presentation, Carolina. Um, so I would like to open it up to any commissioner discussion or comments. This is really exciting, Carolina. Um, both of them, at Alicia McCarthy is not only a longtime colleague because we both taught at the San Francisco Art Institute, but also just a phenomenal artist and has been. She's part of the mission movement, and she's just been a huge, like I, I think, influence on the Bay Area art scene. And so it's nice to see her finally get her due. I was thrilled to see her get the Seco Award and now she'll get this show as well. Yeah, and uh, Commissioner Schneer, I couldn't agree more. I'm so excited to see this come back around. Um, I've, I've been really anxiously waiting for this one because it's just gonna be such fun with two such incredible artists. So look forward to it and hopefully there'll be some really interesting live conversation. Mm -hmm. Commissioner Schneider. Thank you, commissioners. Any other commissioner discussion or questions? All right, seeing none, um, go to public comment and then read that after. Sounds good. Uh, thank you again so much, Carolina. I'd thank like you. to open it up for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number four, the SFAC Galleries Winter 2024 exhibition? And there is no in-person public comment. So if you are listening in via WebEx and you'd like to make a comment, please raise your hand. If you're listening by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once and pressing more than once removes you from the queue. I'm not currently seeing any hands, but we'll give it another 10 seconds. There's no public comment at this time. Great, thanks so much, Tara. And we'll go and read these. And we are going to reread uh, the motions as there was a typo. <laughs> a typo. And yes, so we actually have two discussion and possible actions. The first for the Director of Cultural Affairs to approve a curator honorarium in the amount of 3000 to Nancy Lim for the research and development of the winter spring 2024 SFAC Galleries Main Gallery Exhibition, Conversation 8, Harry Dodge and Alicia McCarthy, January 26th through April 27th, 24, uh, 2024. And secondly, discussion and possible action for the Director of Cultural Affairs to approve the artist honorarium in the amount of $2,000 to Harry Dodge and $2,000 to Alicia McCarthy for the research and development of artwork for Conversation 8, Harry Dodge and Alicia McCarthy on view at the SFAC Main Gallery, January 28th through April 27th, 2024. Motion. I'd like to ask for a motion. So moved, Beltran. Second, Schneer. Commissioners, and all those in favor say aye. 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 And all opposed say nay. Motion passes unanimously. Great, thanks, commissioners. Thanks, Tara. Thanks again, Carolina. And yes, very much looking forward to the exhibition. All right, we are going to move forward to item number five. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number five is the gift of Ed Lee Bust and removal of James Phelan Bust. We have a couple of discussion and possible actions. First, to approve the gift of a bust 
of former Mayor Ed Lee to the city from Art Care, a nonprofit organization, and second, to remove and replace in storage, I'm sorry, to remove and place in storage the bust of James D. Fallon, 1861 to 1930, uh, 1936 by Haig Patagian, located at the eastern entrance vestibule to City Hall in a niche on the east side of the building. This action is taken after completion of the process described in section seven of the guidelines of the civic art collection and city and county of San Francisco regarding collections management, removal, alteration, destruction, and deaccession policies and procedures. Upon de determination that removal of the artwork is appropriate under the criterion that the work upholds tenets of white supremacy, patriarchy, and or colonialism. I would like to introduce Civic Art Collection and Public Art Di Program Director, Mary Chu and Senior um, Mary Chow. Chu. Chu, thank you. <laughs> Thought I'd gotten it wrong there. So Mary Chu <laughs> yeah. and Senior Registrar Allison Cummings to present the item. Thank you, Commissioners. Um, so I'm here today to present on the gift of the bust of late Mayor Ed Lee to the city and county of San Francisco for display at City Hall. Mayor Lee was the city's 43rd mayor and the first Asian American mayor. The gift is from Art Care, a 501c3 organization. And in a minute, I'll introduce Eric Tao, who's here with us today from Art Care to speak on behalf of the gift. So simultaneously, or at the same time, we are also proposing a motion to remove the bust of James D. Phelan, the city's 25th mayor, from its current location at the eastern entrance and to install the bust of Mayor Ed Lee in its place. The Arts Commission has been in coordination with Art Care, the family of Mayor Lee, the mayor's office, and the city administrator regarding this proposed placement. The bus of Phelan would be moved to storage. So I will now turn it over to Eric to say a few words about the gift of Mayor Ed Lee's bus, and then to uh, our senior registrar, Allison Cummings, to provide additional context for the removal of the Phelan bust. Sure. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Eric Tao. I'm the board of Art Care San Francisco. We're a nonprofit that I think we're euphemistically referred to as the Friends of the Art Commission. So we are here as your friend about to try to um, donate the bus. And just to give you a little background, we were also the organization that donated the gift of former Mayor Gavin Newsom's bust. So just a little background. we help coordinate the artists, make sure it meets all the requirements for City Hall and for the Arts Commission. We work with the family to make sure that it's appropriate for the family as a representative of, um, in this case, Mayor Lee. And um, obviously we have a lot of experience in nonprofit charitable donations. I would say I'm here because it's been five years. We've been working on this for five years. Mayor Lee passed in 2017, tragically. Uh, we started soliciting donations and um, working on this bus 2018, but then the pandemic hit. And so everything stopped, but we're very glad and we appreciate the support of staff to try to move this thing forward. Um, here to answer any questions about our care in the process. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Um, I will turn it over now to Allison Cummings to talk more about the removal of the Phelan bus. Okay. Good afternoon, commissioners. Uh, you may have noticed in um, explanatory documents, there's a pretty extensive uh, staff report. I'm going to summarize here. 
uh, but uh, I do need to go into a little bit of detail about why we're making this request um, and a little bit of background, uh, what we're talking about here. So um, this is the bust of James D. Phelan. Uh, it was installed in April of 1937 in the eastern entrance vestibule to City Hall. Uh, it was a gift to the city by his supporters at the time. The purchase price of the monument is unknown. Uh, the bust was created by artist Haig Patigian and is installed directly opposite the bust of former mayor and governor of California, James Rolfe Jr., which Patigian also created. Both busts share the same materials, aesthetic, and proportions. The Arts Commission accepted the gift and approved the installation at City Hall on April 2nd, 1937 by resolution. The symbolic impact of the location of the James D. Feeling commemorative bust is significant. Located within the entrance of City Hall in a custom niche created by the architects of the building, both the Phelan and Rolf busts hold positions of prominence in the overall design of the building. The sculptures are architecturally integrated by design, unlike the other commemorative busts located elsewhere in the building. The artist, Haig Petigian, was an American sculptor born in 1876. He spent most of his career in San Francisco, and most of his works are located in California. The Oakland Museum of California includes a large number of his works in its collections. Petigian immigrated to the United States with his family in 1891 at the age of 15, settling in Fresno. He moved to San Francisco in 1898 and began work as an illustrator for the evening newspaper SF Bulletin. Largely self-taught, his first sculpture, The Unique Soul, was put on display at the press club and immediately celebrated in local newspapers. He was selected to create the sculptural works for the Palace of Machinery at the Pan Pacific International Exposition in 1914, and then continued to receive steady commissions after that exhibit. His bust of President Hoover uh, was placed in the White House in 1929. We have a number of other works by the artist in the Civic Art Collection. Uh, the Louisa Tetrazzini plaque on Lotus Fountain, Frederick Funston uh, bust in City Hall, General Pershing statue in Golden Gate Park, the Abraham Lincoln statue outside of City Hall, uh, the Edward Robeson Taylor bust in City Hall, uh, the Volunteer Fireman Memorial in Washington Square in North Beach, as I mentioned, the bust of James Rolfe and James D. Phelan, and the William Ralston Monument at the Marina Green. Um, he created the sculptural pediment at the entrance of 600 Stockton, formerly the Metropolitan Life Building, now the Ritz-Carlton, um, in 1920. And in 1931, the Thomas Star King statue that was at the Capitol Building in Washington, D.C., one of the two statues each state is allowed to display in the Capitol. It was replaced in 2009 by the statue of Ronald Reagan, and it was moved to Sacramento. He also completed the... Um, sculpture impediment on the Department of Commerce building in Washington, D.C. Um, so during World War II, when metal for statues was scarce, Haig Patigian turned to watercolor. Many of his works during this period are in private collections and well, uh, as well as private clubs in San Francisco. The artist died in 1950. Now about James D. Phelan. <laughs> So, James E. Phelan was born in San Francisco in 1861, studied at University of San Francisco, and received a law degree from the University of California, Berkeley. He was left a large fortune by his father, who was the richest man in California when he died in 1892. Not interested in business pursuits, he became a political leader and a patron of the arts. Phelan was mayor of San Francisco from 1897 to 1901. 
and was elected after he campaigned for civil service reform and the end of the government corruption. During his tenure, Fielding successfully led the adoption of the new city charter in 1900, separating the executive and legislative divisions of the city government. He was elected as a United States Senator representing California in 1915 and served until 1921. He was the leader of California's Democratic Party from the late 1890s through the 1920s. He was a proponent of the beautification and city beautiful movement. Feeling contributed to decorative fountains, monuments, and statues across the city. He encouraged others to do the same. Feeling took the lead in securing the Burnham Plan of 1905, which resulted in the current design of Civic Center. Feeling believed the city could only be great if it used its wealth to develop the fine and useful arts and sciences to an unparalleled degree. He preached the virtues of honest and open and effective government and was a staunch and anti-corruption advocate. While James D. Phelan was a shrewd politician and is credited for helping San Francisco emerge from a period of being known as, quote, one of the most corrupt cities in the nation, his views were elitist, anti-labor, and racist. Phelan is remembered for his persistent stoking of the yellow peril, race controversy, and is his early political career was marked with anti-Chinese rhetoric. The Chinese Exclusion Act was passed in 1882, and again in 1892, the legislation was limited to 10 years in duration and was up for renewal in 1902. Phelan then wrote why the Chinese should be excluded in 1901 uh, supporting this legislation. In the aftermath of the great earthquake and fire of 1906, Phelan advocated for the relocation of Chinatown to Hunter's Point, an initiative that ultimately failed. Historian Robert Cherney wrote in, in 1890, or excuse me, a 1994 essay, that feeling, quote, considered people of color as incapable of being assimilated culturally or physically, and therefore saw them as a threat to the cultural values he sought to promote through beautification and his patronage of the arts. He vehemently opposed immigration from Asia and favored the segregation and disenfranchisement of peoples of color already here. An interview with the Boston Sunday Herald from June 1907, Phelan himself stated in reference to Japanese immigration, quote, but California is white man's country, and the two races cannot live side by side in peace, and inasmuch as we've discovered the country first and occupied it, we propose to hold it against either a peaceful or warlike invasion. Feelings major antagonism was reserved for, uh, for immigrants from Japan who argued, quote, will destroy American civilization as surely as Europe exterminated the American Indian. His campaign slogan, 1920 senatorial election was keep California white. He lost the election, but then spearheaded the Japanese Exclusion League of California, a lobby group that influenced the 1924 Immigration Act, barring further Japanese settlement completely. This legislation contributed greatly to the decline of the U.S. and Japanese relations in the following years leading up to World War II. So despite his contributions to San Francisco's economic and industrial growth, James C. Phelan's white nativist ideology has caused controversy and remains his legacy. Phelan never married and had no children. He died in 1938 as a state in Saratoga. There are precedents for this action um, from elsewhere in San Francisco. In 2017, the University of San Francisco renamed Phelan Evidence Hall because of Phelan's racism. In 2018, Phelan Avenue was renamed to Frida Kahlo Way by the city of San Francisco. Also in 2018, the San Francisco Foundation, which had a visual arts award named after James D. Phelan, made the decision to remove his name from the award. Additionally, 
Chang Beach on the northern edge of San Francisco, uh, had been previously named for James D. Phelan, who had helped the state purchase the beach in 1933. When the ownership of the beach was passed from the state to the federal government in 1976, it was promptly returned to its original name due to Phelan's support of the Chinese Exclusion Act and other anti-Asian policies. So here we are. <laughs> um, did you want to talk about process and logistics or do you want? Yeah, um, I'm happy to do it. <laughs> okay. So. Um, thank you, Allison, for that really comprehensive report and to Tara as well for gathering all the information. And so because of the report um, that Allison just gave, we are seeking the motion that we're seeking in terms of the removal of Phelan. And in terms of process, um, Art Care will be coming back to approve, you know, if, if this item gets approved today to approve the um, Design of the the design of the bus for situation in this location. Can you clarify that? Sure. So we are proposing that the Edley bus be placed. Um, basically, that the bus of Phelan be removed and the Edley bus be placed. Right. We are proposing that we are going to use the existing pedestal, and so there will be a plaque that will be attached over the pedestal. So. The design is really contingent on, right, on this exact this placement. So um, pending approval by BAC and by full commission, then uh, Art Care will be working with the artist to create a design of the bus and the plaque that they will bring back to BAC for review and approval. So is this going to be a totally new uh, bus piece on Ed Lee? That's being done, it'll be totally redone as opposed to the one we had previously approved. I don't know that you approved a bust of there was a plaque. Yeah, there was I'm a saying, plaque. That's a different bust. Yeah. There was a plaque at SFO uh yeah. near Ed Lee that was right. I'm sorry, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not that SFO. Yeah, the, the yeah. Yeah, just a relief plaque. Yes. Got it. Yes. Got it. Yes. That's what I was thinking of and going, how is that gonna work there? Okay, never mind. <laughs> Rosie, and um, just to say, and that was Commissioner Schneer um, talking. Don't forget to introduce yourselves. Oh, uh, Commissioner Beltran speaking, and and so the um, plaque is going to overlay the current engraving in the current pedestal. That's correct. And we'll see what the text says at the next meeting. Yes. Yes. This is uh, Commissioner. I, can, I just want to clarify the the bus that we just got gifted. Is that the same one we're talking about, or just completely different? No. It's the same one. Is there yeah. a picture yeah. of what we're getting gifted? We don't have any images. It, we will bring, um, so we wanted to get the approval of this first from the commission before we had engaged the artist to create a design um, for for this location. So we will be back with, or Art Care will come back with a design of the bus and a design of the plaque um, for this location. So so can I make a, I just, well, I'm absolutely 100% okay with removing. I'm just, uh, you made, made, raised the point that there's two of them. I haven't paid attention that they're the same artist, same <clears throat> style, I'm assuming, or same concept. Is that, how is that gonna, are we gonna be mindful of that? Or because that completely changes the artistic, not that I care for the, but I'm just saying the artistic um, value of the design. So I just wanna make sure how do we address that? Are we gonna address that? <laughs> Yeah, I think that because it was um, created in this way, um, the artist is the artist will be aware of this and they'll create a design and we'll bring it back to commission. But you know, there is this knowledge that they were two pieces that were produced at the same time. It's not, I doubt that it's going to look exactly like this, but there will be knowledge that it is 
you know, it is standing across from an existing uh, sculpture bust that is of that same style. Right. And just FYI, um, Commissioner Kinney, there are multiple busts in City Hall, all done by very different artists. No, no, I, I understand, but you raised this, that these two particular ones are in a very specific area that's very unusual, they're very prominent. For whatever reason, chose to have these two mm -hmm. in the prominent, everybody else is not. So I'm going to go walk over there and just that's because that's the concern. I, I just, I just want to make sure that the design they're mindful that they're replacing something that originally was 2 pieces. We should try to keep within that intent. I don't care for this gentleman to be there anymore, but I want to make sure that the design concept is mindful that that was a, that was the artist's intent to have 2 pieces. So I just want to make sure that. We are addressing that. I'm not saying that, you know, I'm just. Raising that issue. As we're Thank designing. you for that, Commissioner Hakimi. And correct me if I'm um, correct, Mary, but that is something that we're going to, uh, as you just mentioned, talk to the artist about to be aware of and yes. take into consideration yes. their design. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good point. That's all. Commissioner McCoy here. Um, I don't know if you were finished with your presentation, but I wanted to uh, find out a little bit more about the removal and how we're socializing the removal, if we're socializing the removal, and in the larger context of this overall project that we have from the commission, um, what are we doing with the removed monuments and how do we state the why? Because that's an educational portion of it. Uh, so the removed bus is going to go into storage um, after we remove it. We um, So that's what's happening with the bust. Um, I certainly think that this is an opportunity for education and for discussion. Um, we are um, we are thinking about how we're going to do that um, in terms of rolling that out and what kind of education and engagement we can do with this project as it's as it's happening. Um, one thing to note is that because we are reusing the existing pedestal, um, we will have to remove the bust. Um, before fabrication of the new bust begins to see where the pins are located that attach the current bust um, to the pedestal so that when the new bust is fabricated, the pins are located in a different place, not to over uh, overlap the current ones. So there will be a period of time when this pedestal will be empty. And I think that that would be an opportunity as well for some education. And so that's something that we would want to work with um, the a city administrator's office with and city hall folks to to see how we would we would go about doing that. Okay, thank you. I think um, just the overall comment. I think this is a very important um, project um, in the overall monuments and memorials. But I really do have to say, you know, the education of the why of the removal. A removal it doesn't actually solve anything, but the education of why and making sure that we're addressing the whys. Um, if we can just add some focus there, that would just be something I would like to see. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, just uh, one other comment in terms of the location and everything on it. Um, I understand uh, uh, Commissioner Hakimi's comment, but I also feel that you don't want to restrict the artist who's going to be selected as well, and you want them to be able to come up with what they want to do artistically, yes, keep parameters, but they're only guidelines. I guess what I'm trying to say, keep them as guidelines only. So you're giving the artists more freedom as to what they want to do. That would be my suggestion. Thank you. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you. 
And yeah, I, I would agree with that, that I think it's great to uh, talk to the artist and let them know the original intent of the original artist um, and see what their interpretation of how they speak to that is. Um, I do also think it, it just bears mentioning how far we have come as a city, um, that the ideas of corruption and government aren't separate from the ideas of how uh, how the city uh, speaks to racism, how it speaks to um, the history that we have had uh, in the past with racism. And the work that we are doing with the Mon Monument and Memorials Project uh, is so important and really does uh, shed light on how we're viewing all of the art that is in San Francisco's care. Um, I also just wanna point out the uh, happy irony of who will be replacing him uh our first yes. asian mayor yep yep our first chinese mayor um and yeah getting goosebumps just thinking about it and so proud of the work that we're doing so thank you guys for the work that you're doing i know this is an ongoing process and is not easy work but is necessary and really speaks to where we are now as a city so thank you all right any other commissioner comments or questions Seeing none, I'd like to open it up for public comment. Is there any public comment on, uh, oh, I got ahead of myself, item number six. Sorry, five, thank five. you. The gift of Ed Lee bust and removal of James Felon, uh, Phelan bust. Um, if you are uh, listening in via WebEx and you wanna make a comment, please press uh, please, I can't even talk, sorry. Please raise your hand to be put in the queue. And if you're listening in via phone, please press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There's no in-person public comment at this time. Let's give it a few more seconds for people to raise their hand remotely. There's no public comment at this time. Great, thanks Tara, thanks commissioners. Thank you so much, Allison and Mary, for that presentation. Thank you. Um, and now asking for a motion. So move. Oh, move. Ding. Commissioner <laughs> 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 Beltran. Second, Commissioner Schneer. <laughs> Thank you, Commissioners. All right. Um, all those in favor say aye. Uh, aye. And all opposed say nay. <laughs> Motion passes unanimously. Great. Thank you again. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. We're excited to see what where where it goes. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. All right. I'd like to call item number six. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Uh, I wanted to um, announce that that I need to recuse myself, but I also wanted to clarify for the rest of the um, visual arts committee the reason why um, I was notified by city attorney Lauren Curry because I had actually been aware of this that under the FEPC regulations, if an arts commission decision involves property located less than 500 feet 
from the commissioner's property line. The commissioner has a financial interest in the decision and should recuse himself. It's called a 500 foot rule. If the governmental decision involves property located more than 500 feet, but less than a thousand feet from the commissioner's property line, then the commissioner would likely have a financial conflict of interest. So in doing this research, I, I just wanted to let everybody know the average block size of the city of San Francisco is 300 feet by 700 feet. And using those measurements, uh, my property line is 700 feet from the Potrero Gateway project, which is number six, and it is 950 feet from the Potrero Yard modernization project. Um, and so I have to recuse myself from both of those. So can't, can't we count the uh, streets as well as the blocks, <laughs> the streets in between? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Because you are so. Oh, well, whatever. Commissioner Beltran. All right, she's left, and I think you can start. Oh, I can get started. Okay, great. Oh, actually, do I have to read? I did not yet. Okay. That's okay. And then I will introduce you as well. Perfect. So we have a discussion and possible action to approve the construction document phase deliverables, final mock-up by future forms for the Potrero Gateway project. I'd like to introduce project project manager Alita Lee to present. Alita. Good afternoon, commissioners. Today I will be presenting the final mock-ups by artists group future forms for the Potrero Gateway project as part of the construction document phase deliverables. Um, before I get started on uh, presenting on the final mockups, I did want to just give a project background just to give a refresher for folks. Um, and so the project was last brought to the Visual Arts Committee in August of 2022 uh, to approve the revised final design of the artwork of the design development phase. Um, the project is located at Pedro Gateway Park, which is on 17th Street between Vermont Street and San Bruno Avenue, and is highlighted in yellow in the map visual you see here. And in the next few images, I'll show the site conditions of the park. This shows the corner of 17th Street and Vermont. And on the top image is the corner of 17th Street and San Bruno Avenue. And the bottom image shows the view of the site under the overpass. I will say that these are older images just because construction has already started on the site. So you'll be seeing uh, just a bunch of uh, construction equipment there at this time. Um, here is a slide of a site plan of the proposed four sculptures. There will be two works on each corner of the Potrero Gateway Park. And here is a slide of the elevations of the sculptures. Sorry, it's a little bit small, um, but uh, I'll be showing more images as well. Um, next, we have some renderings of the proposed artworks on the corner corners of Potrero Gateway. Um, just a little bit more information about the artwork. It's titled Metamorphosis, which originates from the ancient Greek meaning transformations. Uh, the metamorphosis sculptures consist of two pairs of stacked 
spherical figures that precariously transform, evolve, and dematerialize as they grow towards the sky. And on this slide, you'll see the material of the artwork is stainless steel with certain spheres on the base uh, painted with a brown bronze floor polymer based metallic coating tenemic paint. Um, and here's uh, a slide of the sculpture artwork base plate plan view, as well as uh, more detailed uh, drawings of the sections of footings and anchor attachments. And so we'll move forward to uh, uh, presentation of the final mockups. Actually, this is not the correct rendering, so I'll go back to this rendering page. You'll see at the bottom image, we'll be seeing the final mockup for the artwork on the right of the bottom image. And this is uh, labeled artwork two. Um, so let me scooch forward. Um, here's the artwork number two that uh, Future Forms has created a final mockup of. And so uh, in, in terms of dimensions, it's almost 10 feet high and about 3.5 feet wide. Um, and unfortunately, due to the large scale of the final mock-up, it wasn't able to be brought here too heavy, too much in terms of transportation back and forth. However, um, I hope that these samples that I have here, as well as the images and the video I've taken can suffice for review. So here is the image of the full final mock-up. Um, you'll see Jason, who is a part of Future Forms on the left to show for scale of how large the final mock-up is. Um, let's see. And so I was able to go to the Future Form Studio to review the final mock-up in person. Um, and here I ha do have some samples to pass around to provide context to the material choice selected for the artwork. I have them here, I can pass them over. Um, the sample includes a section of the top portion of the artwork with adjoining circles that you see here. And then with um, the, the panel right there, it shows the swatches that include the satin finish stainless steel, as well as a swatch of the brown bronze tenemic paint. Um, I also like to note that the tenemic paint was selected for its high durability. And in the next slide, we'll see a close-up of the various sections of the final mock-up work, which includes the tenemic coated bottom uh, base sphere, the satin finished stainless steel middle spheres in the middle image, as well as the open spheres at the top. And here are an another few close-up images which show the material as well as the spheres adjoining at the seams. Um, also, something really fun and interesting that was shared during the, the studio visit is Future Forms is working with using AR technology in order to fabricate certain sections of the artworks. And you'll see in the first image, these are AR goggles as well as a, a 3D program in the middle image you with on the computer screen. And they are using these as tools to actually build out the armatures to help create the artworks, which is very cool to see. Here we have David, who's part of the installation team that wore the goggles to see the actual 
uh, AR technology to be able to build out these uh, sections of the work. Um, very cool to see that in action. And then here again, just another image to the right of the full scale final mockup. Um, and then lastly, I have a video to show. Um, Just to get a sense of the full final mock-up. And so to conclude, once we get, excuse me, once we get approval of the final mock-ups, fabric, uh, fabrication can begin for the rest of the artwork. It'll be about a nine month lead time to complete the works for installation into the Pichero Gateway Park. Um, and just to note, the artwork will be cited on Caltrans property and will not be going into the city collection. I also have with me on the line, Natalie Gatino, who is part of Future Forms and is available for any question and answer specific to the artwork and the project. Great, thanks so much, Alita. And um, is Natalie able to? She unmuted. Uh, Natalie, I'm going to unmute you. Should get a message in a second. Natalie, can you hear us? Oh, wait. She might have muted herself. She muted her. I think she muted herself. Can you guys hear me? Ah, oh, there you go. Okay, sorry. I thought I had to hit the button right when you unmuted me. I apologize. <laughs> yes, I am here. I can hear you now. Oh, Natalie, did you want to uh, share anything else about the project before we get into the Q and A section of this presentation? Um, no, I mean I'm. Um, it's nice that um, Alita was able to share some video because I think scale and kind of the way the light moves as you move around it is sort of a little bit different um, to the static images. So I think that's um, super helpful. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions that anybody has, or I'm also happy to just go next door and show it to you guys live if you have any particular questions that you'd like to see. Great, thanks so much, Natalie. And thank you for that presentation, Alita. Oh. Um, I'm opening it up to any commissioner comments or questions. Um, I actually have one. I'll start us off. Uh, so two questions, knowing that it'll be Caltrans who owns it, um, knowing it'll also be right next to a freeway. Do we know what their cleaning schedule might be? Because I imagine uh, it will get dirtier faster right next to that freeway. Yeah, so we have a few MOUs going on. I will say that. Uh, DBW is managing the contract with Caltrans for the art installation. And so uh, actually a few 
weeks ago, a maintenance agreement was brought to the Board of Supervisors, um, which basically said that DPW would be covering uh, maintenance of the work, but DPW is also in an agreement with the GBD, the Green Benefit District, which takes care of parks in this area, including this area, uh, this this project, Berchero uh, Gateway Park, and they will be in charge of the daily day-to-day cleaning. And anything larger would be uh, responsibility of DPW. Okay, fantastic. And, you know, I understand constraints of budget and everything. Um, I would suggest that they clean it a little more regularly, just with it being, I think part of the draw is the material and how shiny it is. And it would be, you know, a shame if it was always covered in freeway dust. Um, so if possible, if they can schedule cleaning more often. And then uh, one other comment uh, I would make it looking at the samples. Um, I noticed one of the pieces was a little bit flimsy. Uh, I am worried about, are there going to be, it was uh, one of the round um, circles as they were connected. The connection was. Well, that, that was just a previous older sample. One of the initial samples definitely. Um, that issue will not. That issue will not be. Fantastic. <laughs> yes. Okay, great. But I just wanted to bring that just to make sure uh, the commissioners had a visual of what the mock-up could look like. Perfect. Yes, we changed the thickness of the material after that mock-up and also kind of um, should note that um, a couple of things. One is that it's pretty high up at that point. So for the, let's say the more fragile parts are a little bit higher, but that also um, the way that the curvature works, it actually gains strength when it's a closed curve. So it actually uh, gains strength as, as the artwork gets completed up top. Um, one more kind of piece of information just relative to cleaning and access is that this sort of does sit in a garden space. So there's like terracing and planters and kind of various things in front. So this is sort of nested within that, which maybe changes a little bit the kind of full accessibility of this thing for someone to just kind of walk up right up to it and, and do something to it, hopefully, but we'll, we'll find out for sure. Great. Thank you. And any other commissioner questions, comments? You asked my question, so. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Peace. Um, commissioner Schneer, I'd just like to say that we've watched this through the process and it's evolved <laughs> and changed a bit, but I think it's all been for the best um, that it, there were a lot of different considerations and, and issues that had to be worked around. I think come up with a great design that'll be a lot of fun for the neighborhood in the area. So I commend you. Thank you. Great, thanks Commissioner Schneer. Any other comments or questions? Seeing none, I would like to, well, first, thank you very much Alita and thank you Natalie um, for the information and presenting. Um, yes, excited to see this one actually uh, come to fruition as it's been a, a long time in the coming. Uh, all right, so opening it up to any public comment, do we have any public comment on the Potrero Gateway project? There's no public in person, so we're looking for remote public comment. If you're listening in uh, via the WebEx app, please raise your hand. If you're listening in via phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Please press only once and press it up more than once to remove you from the queue. Instructions are on the screen. Um, I'm not seeing any hands. Let's give it another 10 seconds. There's no public comment at this time. Great. Thanks, Tara. All right. Then I would like to ask for a motion. 
So moved, Commissioner Schneer. Seconded, Commissioner Hakimi. And uh, thank you, Commissioners. All those in favor say aye. 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 Not yet. Oh, yeah, not yet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not until we just finished six months. So. <laughs> Uh, All right, one more time. All those in favor say aye. 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 All those opposed say nay. Motion passes unanimously. Great. Thank you so much, Alita. And thank you, Natalie. All right. Thank All you. Right, I'm going to call item number seven. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number seven is the Potrero Yard modern, Modernization Project. We have a discussion and possible action to approve the project plan for the Potrero Yard modern, Modernization Public Art Project. I'd like to introduce Program Manager, Public Art uh, Program Manager, and <laughs> for Public Art, Jackie Von Trist. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Commissioners. Good afternoon. Um, as mentioned, I'm here today to present the Public Art Project Plan for the Potrero Yard Modernization Project. Uh, SFMTA's Petrero Yard is located at Bryant and Mariposa Streets on the border of San Francisco's Petrero Hill and Mission neighborhoods, adjacent to the American Indian and Calle Viente Cuatro Latino Cultural Districts. The Petrero Modernization Project will replace the century-old bus yard with a modern three-story efficient bus maintenance and storage facility equipped to serve MTA's growing fleet as it transitions to electric buses. Uh, due to the building's age and changes in bus fleet technology, major improvements are needed to ensure that SFMTAs uh, maintains its bus fleet as efficiently as possible. Um, Petrero Hill, uh, the Petrero Yard was originally built in 1915 and sits on a 4.4 acre plot bounded by Bryant, 17th, Hampshire, and Mariposa Streets. Um, the two-story structure originally operated as a streetcar facility housing 100 streetcars has since been expanded to hold 138 40-foot and 60-foot trolley buses. Um, this rendering on the screen is of the new design of the bus yard um, from Mariposa Street at Hampshire Street. Um, San Francisco's fleet of transit vehicles is the greenest in the United States, and um, MTA is gearing up to transition, as I mentioned, to battery electric buses fully by 2035. The current Petrero Yard is too small to accommodate its growing fleet and too old to retrofit for new technologies. So this uh, modern bus facility will mean that we will all have a better transit service in the future. And this is a view of the new design from the corner of 17th and Hampshire Streets. As you can see, it's a, a massive scale. Um, since December 2017, SFMTA has been meeting with stakeholders and city partners in pursuit of a community vision for the future Potrero Yard. Um, they've engaged the Potrero Neighborhood Collective as the lead developer on this project. Um, also, we'll, call it, we'll refer to them as PNC. Um, PNC's design includes a modern three-story bus storage and maintenance facility that will address critical transportation issues and improve efficiency so that buses can be repaired faster, which will improve meetings reliability. Uh, it will improve sustainability, um, which will provide the green infrastructure needed for an all-electric fleet. Um, it will improve future growth um, to accommodate the MTA's fleet as it grows. Um, there'll be room for 54% more buses at the yard than present. 
Um, and we'll also improve work conditions. So it's going to improve the uh, work environments, amenities, and safety commissions for over 800 SFMTA staff. Um, so in ongoing conversation and collaboration with the Petrero Yard project team and after receiving feedback from community stakeholders since we were engaged on this project earlier this year, we've identified three significant and I would hazard to say monumental um, artwork opportunities for this project. Um, these opportunities will be really conducive to artists who uh, work in two-dimensional mediums, murals, painting, photography, prints, etc., to be considered for these large-scale opportunities. Uh, the three opportunities include um, an architecturally integrated glass artwork on the bus ramp on 17th Street facing Franklin Square, a large-scale tile artwork on the corner of 17th and Bryant Streets, and an architecturally integrated glass artwork on a multi-story stairwell located on Mayor Posa Street where York Street terminates. Um, this is a view of the 17th Street bus ramp opportunity. Um, this uh, will be an architecturally integrated glass artwork that will measure approximately 11,000 square feet. Um, this um, opportunity also faces Franklin Square across the way, so there'll be high visibility from the park um, as well as from uh, cars and pedestrians. Um, this opportunity is uh, another integrated glass opportunity highlighted in yellow here um, on Mariposa Street where York Street terminates, another high visibility uh, multi-story uh, multi uh, stairwell, and this will also be architecturally integrated glass uh, measuring approximately 3,800 square feet. And I just want to include a glass, uh, a, a slide of project precedence and get a sense of sort of the material approach that we're thinking about for these two, two projects. Um, and then the third opportunity I mentioned is the ceramic tile artwork um, located on the corner of 17th and Bryant Street, shown here. Um, not only is this artwork visible again from pedestrian level and across the street of Frank Franklin Square, but MTA employees who use the outdoor patio space as well as um, uh, youth who use the children's play area will also have a more close-up view of, of this tile artwork when installed. And again, just showing a, a project precedent, this is Sanaz Mazanani's project at the Golden Gate Tennis Center to sort of show um, what we're thinking in terms of uh, uh, you know, a ceramic tile approach for this, for this large scale work. Um, so we have a pretty significant um, art enrichment budget for this project. The bus yard is generating uh, over 4 million in art enrichment funds, uh, leaving us with a total artwork budget of two, $2,280,000. Um, the tile artwork, we have a budget of 740000 and that includes uh, uh, all the artist fees as well as design, fabrication, insurance, transportation, and installation. Um, we have a total uh, budget of $1,130,000 for the bus ramp artwork. Um, we're separating out the artist contract to include design only. Uh, so the artist contract will be $70,000 just for the design of the artwork with the remaining costs going towards uh, expenses associated with fabrication. Um, the glass stairwell opportunity, again, the artist contract is design only uh, for 40,000 with the remaining funds going towards uh, the fabrication of the glass uh, for installation at that site. We also have a separate site work allocation of 200,000 uh, that will be managed by us under separate contract and that would be for um, the uh, uh, preparation of the site, specifically the tile, uh, the tile wall for to receive that artwork. Um, and I also want to note that we are estimating an architectural credit of approximately $121 per square foot. 
that will be applied to the glass artwork fabrication budget in areas where the artwork replaces the existing architectural glass. So this applies to both the um, bus ramp and the stairwell on Mariposa. And installation for the glass artworks will be covered in the capital improvement budget and will be um, facilitated by the general contractor. Um, so the project, the goals for the artworks uh, for the public art for Portrayal Yard um, are to illuminate and celebrate the people, history, and diverse cultures of the Petro Hill and Mission neighborhoods and adjacent American Indian and Calle 24 Latino cultural districts, and to highlight SFMTA's mission to promote environmental stewardship and provide reliable, safe, and affordable transportation for all. Um, we've been really fortunate to work with project partners, SFMTA planning, PNC, on um, really being involved in a lot of their community outreach around this project. So we've interfaced with community stakeholders multiple times um, in preparation of this, uh, during the preparation of this plan and, and in advance of presenting it to all of you, um, including circulating a public art survey last spring. We received over 120 individual responses via our website from community stakeholders as to what kind of art they would like to see as well as themes and concepts. Um, at this site, um, I've presented um, uh, at multiple Petrero Yard neighborhood working group meetings on this project. They've seen the draft project outline as well as the final version as well. Um, we've participated in two community open house events, um, which allowed for members of the public and the community to engage with us and learn about our program and our process for artist selection. Uh, we'll have two community representatives on the artist review panel. Um, and all the project stakeholder, all the panel panelists will be invited also to participate in our artist orientation meetings. Um, and we also intend to do rigorous outreach, not only for artist selection, which I'll talk about in a minute, but also during our proposal comment period, um, including bringing back the proposals to the, the Petrero Yard Neighborhood Working Group for their feedback and comment before it goes back to the final uh, review panel for selection. These are just some examples of some of the collateral that we've presented at those open houses. Um, in terms of artist recruitment, of course, our calls are open to all professional working, uh, professional artists in the United States, but um, our recruitment's really gonna focus on local artists who have a connection to the Petrero Mission neighborhoods and communities, as well as the adjacent American Indian and Calle Viente Cuatro Latino cultural districts. Um, and also to note that the artist review panel scoring criteria will include um, uh, the artist's meaningful connection to these to these sites and communities. Um, we'll be offering two pre-application technical assistant workshops for interested artists over the RFQ period, which will start on Monday. Um, one will be virtual, one will be in person uh, in the mission, and will be offered in English and Spanish languages. Um, and I'll be offering uh, weekly virtual office hours for artists who have questions who are applying. They can reach out to me and schedule time. Um, if they have questions about their application or the project more broadly, I will be available uh, to answer any questions throughout the duration of the RFQ. Uh, artist selections uh, timeline is pretty standard, but you'll notice that we've staggered things a little bit. Um, we're going to be um, doing this artist uh, selection for the glass artworks first. Um, given that the bus ramp artwork is in such close proximity, it's on the same block as the tile artwork, we wanted to have a an artist and proposal identified for that particular project before we, um, we uh, engage uh, with selecting artists for the tile artwork because we'll want that artwork to really respond to what's been proposed for the bus ramp. Um, so we are going to be issuing an RFQ um, pending your approval today on Monday uh, for uh, the request for qualifications. 
Uh, ours will have about two months to apply. Uh, then it will be December 11th. Um, we'll be kicking off the qualification process early next year, hoping to have um, artists for the glass artworks um, uh, approved by you all um, in the spring, May 15th, um, and artists under contract next summer. Um, and then the towel artwork opportunity will be kicking off the review panel process for that in, in May. Uh, with the goal of having um, an artist recommended for VAC approval in September of next year with artists under contract in November. So that's how it's looking. Um, and I will be asking you all if anybody wants to volunteer to sit on the review panel. <laughs> I know Commissioner Snare has quite a bit of experience with this project. Um, noted that you raised your hand. Um, it will be a little bit more of a time commitment because we're sort of doing the staggered uh, two-pronged um, process, but I think it's going to be a really robust and dynamic um, art program on this site. So really excited to, to get started on this project. And also just want to acknowledge the incredible work that MTA and PNC and, um, and Public Works have done to this point to get the project to this point um, and have been great partners on engaging with the community in our outreach for this project and look forward to continuing to do so as we move forward. All right, thanks all. Wow, that is amazing. <laughs> what a project. What a project. Um, yeah, that I, I'm really excited. I think we're all excited. I mean, that bus yard is it's just been a bus yard since 19, what was it? Seven, 17, I think it was. Gosh, yeah. So um, how amazing to have a project like that there and the art opportunities, the huge art opportunities that that's going to bring uh, to that neighborhood. So that's very exciting. Thank you, Jackie. Um, so opening it up to Commissioner comments and questions, please. Okay, so um, I just thought I would give you a little bit of background from CDR first so that you have some of that as you're going through and learning about this for the other commissioners. Um, first of all, uh, it this concept is a concept of the bus yard terminal and housing, affordable housing, senior housing, uh, workforce housing. So uh, I applaud the city and the departments for coming together with this type of an idea to move forward with because nothing like this has ever been done before. We're all kind of feeling our way through it. So um, we passed phase one on Monday of their uh, design, however, which is basically through schematic. Um, however, what they had to do in order for us to approve it was to not put any of the uh, housing in just the bus terminal and Part of the reason for doing this is because they don't know with the housing how it's going to evolve and work yet. That is, will be an ongoing part with many different uh, partners involved with it. So since we can't and CDR and the Arts Commission approve what we don't know exists, um, we went to just doing it for the bus terminal. And I believe that um, your budget and all is related to the cost of the bus. Just the bus. Right. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So I just wanted to give you guys that idea. Um, we will go through the process with them on uh, phase two and phase three, and things may change. And of course, we're all working together on this to know if it does, if things might change. I think what you've identified is and you guys have done your homework beautifully and i congratulate you on that jackie and mary both um because this is probably one of the more complex unique original type things we've dealt with in terms of 
where it may go and what it might do. So I just wanted to make sure you understood what we approved was the bus terminal only, even though there's going to be all the housing eventually on it. And I'm going to refer this over to Lex in terms of what she's found out from our city attorney beyond that. Thank you. Um, Lex Leifei, Deputy Director of Programs for the San Francisco Arts Commission. Good afternoon. And so Commissioner Schneer just asked me to say a few words um, to uh, related to what we discussed at Civic Design Review. And so in the process of the Civic Design Review approving the bus yard portion and in close consultation with our city attorney, it was determined that they could go ahead and as they did approve solely the bus yard. But as you can see from the drawings, the housing is sort of integrated in it. So if so, there were a couple considerations. Uh, committee member Commissioner Schneer asked me to state here as well, which is that if it were to turn out that the housing design was radically different and there were portions of the bus yard currently grayed out where there was going to be roof material, there was going to be wall material, um, they, they may very well need to come back to civic design review. Um, given the complexity of these types of large housing and commercial affordable housing and commercial projects, um, in the past, the Arts Commission has had a practice with the Mayor's Office of Housing and Community Development of finding ways for our commissioners to lend their expertise while recognizing the timing, the timing constraints and the extreme variability of all the required approvals of all the funding that goes into it. So at times in the past, it had been agreed that our commissioners would, for example, sit on a notice of funding availability in lieu of coming to civic design review with the affordable housing portion. And we continue to be thoughtful and I would welcome your feedback directly on, you know, how to use your expertise effectively while still getting affordable housing built and leveraging all the resources available to us. Um, the way it's mostly relevant is that we may or may not see in civic design review the approval of the design of these 400 units of housing as it goes through. And I wish I had a definite answer for you, but I don't at this time. Because it's a public-private partnership. So the private parts don't have to go through us. But if there's things like, um, there's several entry points that would go up to the housing that come through the what is currently the um, the bus terminal. So, you know, it's it's a little, crazy how it's all going to work and we'll keep you informed as best we can as we're all working through all this but I just wanted to get that out there so that everybody understood the the tricky parts of this and just on a note to that the, the locations that we identify for the artwork we don't anticipate will change they're part of the bus yard infrastructure so if there is something that changes for the second phase of the housing design we don't anticipate uh, major impacts to its artwork opportunities we identified right by bus yard yeah, yeah. um also, um, I'd like to say um, that the uh, the three different places that you've uh, talked about, what I love is that you're getting started early with this because some of our most successful commissions have been the ones where we're able to work with the architectural design to come up with 
uh, what the art's going to be. So um, I really give you a lot of kudos for getting this going early and also to uh, Blair sitting over there for being alert and making sure to get us all involved early on. Thank you. <laughs> um, I really applaud that and I really hope that we're able to, particularly with the bus ramp, I think that's an amazing opportunity to see, to do something different, inventive. Um, also, I know you're talking glass, but yeah. there also has been talked about screening possibilities too. So, you know, I think it needs yeah. to stay open. Yeah, there's some openness, I think, with the bus ramp too. I mean, there's the transparency in the walls behind the glass as well, playing with the movement of the buses. Yeah, um, seeing the buses move up and yeah. down the ramps, that whole. So there's definitely, I think, some opportunity for artists to really engage with the architect and design team to kind of explore approaches right. and materials. Yeah. Great. Okay. That's great. I think we're, we're done with that part. Commissioner <laughs> McCoy here, I have a um, question regarding your community outreach. Um, I uh, noticed that you have uh, quite a few groups there that you've uh, mentioned with uh, a focus on the indigenous community. Um, but I do want to understand what is the outreach to the African-American community? Patero Hill has been a historic African-American -Ameri African community. Mm -hmm. um, so just want to make sure how we are looking at them and this community for inclusion in this project? So um, we're working in close partnership with SFMT and PNC on our community outreach to date um, in terms of what we're planning moving forward uh, for outreach and recruitment. Uh, we have a really robust registry of artists that we've worked with in the past for other, like the baby artist registry, for example. We can also define um, the applicants that have applied to our projects in the past by zip code and district. We will be reaching out to the supervisor's district office as well to help with our outreach and recruitment, working with the cultural districts and centers. This will go to the African-American arts and culture district and center as well. We'll distribute the call through those channels as well. Um, so yeah, those, those are sort of the planned outreach efforts that we, we have currently uh, slated, but you know, definitely welcome using all networks available to the commissioners as well to get the to get the call out as, as okay. quickly as possible. I think I was more um, also focused on the community feedback on the project as well, just to make sure that that. Um... In terms of the, the demographics of the folks who've engaged on the on the project and have come to the events and the community outreach events, et cetera, I don't have you know specific demographics in terms of you know residents, zip codes, that sort of thing. Um, I can just say that we've we've um, advertised these opportunities through our channels, our newsletter, social media, as have our project partners. Um, so that's how the word has gotten out thus far and turnout has been pretty, pretty robust to those events, at least to the ones that I've participated in. Um, in terms of getting specific demographic information, I would have to sort of talk to my, our project partners, SFMTA, to see what they've collected about how they, how they got the word out on the other, on the other outreach opportunities that we didn't directly participate in. If I may step in and just ask a question, my understanding is that, you know, while we're reviewing the portions of this complex project separately, that um, the Petrero Neighborhood Collective has been engaged every step of the way in engagement through that was led through SFMTA. And that collective, again, includes young community developers as well as plenary, the developer, um, Meta. Meta, Petrero Neighborhood Collective. And so when we issue the request for proposals, I think we can make sure that we're involving the Petrero Neighborhood Collective and involving young community developers to help get the word out. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and I should also mention too, the Petrero Neighborhood Working Group does have representatives of 
multiple diverse community-based organizations based in Potrero and Mission neighborhoods as well. Um, so there's representation from a wide variety of folks working in community-based organizations as part of that group who are. Yeah, I appreciate the sensitivity to it. It's a um, it's a, a um, um, dwindling community, and um, I think it's also somewhat of a community that feels isolated. So we have to just make sure. I think the attention to make sure that we uh, are inclusive. Um, so thank you for uh, the outreach there, and uh, the and you have all the the <laughs> right people <laughs> involved. So, and if any if there's anything I can do to help spread that for artists, call. Absolutely. We'll be sending out the link here shortly in the hopes that you'll help us get the word out as well. We really want to cast a very like direct but broad net to really get capture as many artists and especially first time artists who may not have maybe previously applied. Yeah. These are great opportunities for, for those yeah. artists as well. I want to make a comment. I love your registry of existing arts, but I really think yeah. we need to look at beyond that. Yeah. yeah. I will encourage us to do that. Yeah. Um, can I, may I, this is uh, Commissioner Hakimi. I just, so, so I just want, so this is exciting. So, the, yeah. so. The, what I'm understanding is the design is not really finished yet. No, it's so we're actually happens. so you're getting artists involved way at a time. We don't even That's know. Right. We don't really know when this project is going to start. Yeah. I'm assuming the way. <laughs> am I assuming? That? Yes, I mean there. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be a design build project, I believe. And we'll go up to Sean's here from my my colleague Sean from um, Public Works is here as well. Um, yeah, we'll be going out to it, I think, next summer. So we're getting in really, really early because of the nature of integration of these works with the building. We really want to involve artists. And, and so you, you're planning on having November 2024 to have the contracts with the, with the artists. I'm mm -hmm. assuming that. Yeah. So just want to point out, so we have a budget. I saw the budget. I've been a couple of meetings since I've been here that projects started decades ago and just <laughs> <laughs> yes so thank you i just yeah. want to make sure that I'm, the budget that we're talking about is yeah. kind of fluid at the moment yeah i appreciate that yeah so as i mentioned for uh specifically for the glass artworks those those the artist contracts are for design only so that's all they're delivering is the design um, we have factored in in terms of developing the larger project budget for the fabrication costs and other costs related to the implementation. Um, we have factored, factored in, you know, 10 to 15 percent cost increase over the years until the project is installed to fact, you know, to uh, adjust for inflation and other factors, uh, economic factors that may increase costs. So we have um, been very conservative in our budgeting to ensure that we can cover the square footage that we think. We I just cover. I just remember the, the disco balls in the we were having this conversation. Actually, budget had to be cut off and the design had to be redone because of the budget issues. So um, so I'm I'm glad that you're just doing it with the mindfulness that we just do the design element for now. Yeah. All right. And then you said when did uh, October 23rd is going to go? Yes, yeah, so Monday. Okay. Um, the RFQ will go out and be up through December 11th. So you'll hear something from, from us next and, week. And then you have training sessions for the artists to be able yeah. to do, because not all artists are familiar with RFQ. RFQ. Yes, yes. They so really are not. So we're finding that over and over. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty daunting. We recognize it's a daunting, <laughs> daunting process, and we want to be there to support and provide guidance and tips for really you know, submitting a competitive application. So um, we'll be um, doing a virtual and online workshop as well as an in-person workshop. Again, really working with our partners, PNC, et cetera, to get the word out about that so we can have attendance. Um, I will be available. I have open office hours. I'm setting aside time in my calendar weekly for folks who want to either come in in person, um, meet me or meet online to talk about the, the application process. 
Um, so yeah, we're we're going to provide as much technical um, support and be present for whoever needs it as much as we're able, so that we can really encourage first time applicants to put forward a strong application. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much. I look forward to this project. Me too. Thanks all. <laughs> Great, thank you, commissioners. Thank you so much, Jackie. Um, any other comments or questions from commissioners? You know, I just appreciate the intentionality. This is Commissioner Hakimi. I just want to appreciate you for putting the seat. I want to appreciate you guys for doing the work. And I, I think the intentionality really, I look for these projects in the future that are much different than what we've done in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, this is very extremely exciting. I, I love um, a lot of the work that's gone uh, gone into this. Just a quick question, because um, I know that um, for the African American Cultural District, they have uh, just reorganized it. They may need some training. Is can we put them in touch with Absolutely. you for for um, to train so that they can help uh, artists that come to the yes. cultural district? Happy to do that. Things like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if that was an uh, option. That was yeah, for sure. And we're also working on um, uh, we're going to be creating a, a recorded webinar as well um, that will be available on our website at all times for for folks who for artists who are interested in applying that will guide people through the application process as well as a resource that will be sort of static on our site for, at all times as well. So but happy to have conversations with folks directly. That, that's awesome. I think that's really, I think we'd like to see, like to Commissioner Hakimi's point, um, we'd love to see a, a bigger pool of uh, artists, like feel, have the confidence to apply and get through the um, application process. So, you know, if we can get more um, help, find some ambassadors to help shepherd that process, I think that would yeah. be beneficial. Yes, yeah. so thank you, Commissioner Schneer. Yes, I totally agree with you. And this is the most important. One of the most important things we can do as commissioners is be the ambassadors to get the word out and to the organizations and the artists that we know to let them know about this and let them know that we have amazing project managers that will take them through the process step by step and first timers who've never done anything like this or say, you know, they'll look at that. This is too huge. You can do it because yeah. we have this incredible staff that is able to help you through the process. Yeah. And I think it's really important for us as ambassadors to get the word out, to make it as wide of a pool as possible. Great reminder. <laughs> Great. Thank you so much commissioners and here, here. Um, this is a very exciting process. I mean, project and, um, Kind of uh, interesting to how this process will play out with uh, the partnership between um, private and civic. So, uh, so yay to this project and let's move forward with. Um, thank you so much again, Jackie, for the presentation. And I would like to take public comment. Take thank you. Take public comment on this item. Is there any public comment on item number seven, the Portrayal Yard Modernization Project? We'll be taking in-person public comments first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There's no in-person public. Let's give it another 10 seconds to see if anybody will raise their hand remotely. There's no public comment at this time. Great, thanks, Tara. Thank you, commissioners and um, Lex for your comments and questions. So I'd like to ask for a motion. So move, Schneer. Hakimi second. 
great. Thanks, commissioners. Uh, all those in favor say aye. 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 And all those opposed say nay. JD is not here, so we have to step in. <laughs> That's right. Motion passes unanimously. Okay, we right. let her back. <laughs> then I will be doing motion. <laughs> I can go ahead. <laughs> It's your waiting for to come back in. You can call the next item. I would like to call the next item. Next item is item number eight. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number eight is the Southeast Treatment Plant Construction Sense. We have a discussion and possible action to approve the final design of. Yes, thank you. Uh, McNeely's Batasilima artwork for the Southeast Treatment Plant Construction Fence along Evans Avenue. The artwork will be on display for one year beginning on, in November 2023. I'd like to reintroduce pro, uh, program manager pub, and public art for public art. Thank you, uh, Jackie Von Tresca. All right. Hi, commissioners again. I'm really happy to be joined today by Afatazi, the artist. Yay, um, who's uh, final um, artwork design for our um, fourth and final installment of the Southeast Treatment Plant Construction Fence Temporary Artwork Program we're here to present today. So I'm just gonna give a little bit of background on this project um, and then talk a little bit about Afatazi's uh, design for this project um, and um, then open it up to discussion and questions. Um, so the Southeast Treatment Plan is located in uh, the Bayview uh, and is San Francisco's largest wastewater facility. It treats nearly 80% of the city's wastewater flow um, through the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission's Sewer System Improvement Program. Um, a series of operational improvements and seismic upgrades are being made to the city's wastewater system, including the Southeast Wastewater Treatment Plant. Uh, which will ensure the reliability of the system and to protect the health of the community environment. Um, this work is taking place in two phases over a 20-year period. Um, phase one has involved the demolition of the old headworks facility on the west side of Evans Avenue between Rankin and Phelps uh, streets and the building of a new headworks facility on the same site. Um, construction is ongoing and projected to be complete uh, late next year. Um, at the inception of this project four years ago, um, we saw the 600-foot construction fence along Evans Avenue as a great opportunity uh, for visual activation and developed a project plan and goals that really foregrounded um, the expressed desire of Bayview Hunters Point community uh, members for these projects to provide a local, a direct local benefit, which would include you know, working with local artists or artists have a meaningful connection to Bayview Hunters Point. Um, to create artworks that really represent the cultures and histories of the communities uh, and provide professional artists, provide professional develop opportunities for artists and youth in the Bayview. Um, you may recall that uh, in partnership for this project, in conjunction with this project and in partnership with the PUC and young community developers, um, we've offered an annual summer internship at the printing house who fabricates uh, the artwork banners uh, for this project. And uh, we had our final internship year this year. So that's been a really great um, uh, initiative to be a part of. Um, today, uh, this program has featured three local artists um, whose artworks were um, each on view for a year. Um, the past program artist includes Saran Norris um, and his artwork, The Illustrated History of Bayview Hunters Point, 
Um, as part of his project, Saran offered a series of intergenerational uh, cartooning classes at the Bayview Library and other locations uh, where he engaged uh, with community members about uh, uh, facets of uh, community history that they would like to see highlighted in his uh, mural design. We also had Malik Snuffroos, Clear the Air. Um, Malik um, uh, uh, partnered with the San Francisco chapter of the Lynx and Rise Academy, as well as Aquarium for the Bay, Bay to offer a series of virtual workshops. This was peak COVID, I believe, so we had to transition everything virtually um, to youth participants, uh, during which they engaged in conversation about the impact that uh, the pollution and poor air quality in the neighborhood have had on their and their families' lives. Uh, really focusing on issues related to health and environmental justice. Uh, he also taught them how to draw elements featured in his final mural design as part of uh, as part of his project. And then our most recent artist, Nancy Cato, uh, whose artwork, uh, Jamari's, Jamari's Journey, um, was really um, uh, was presented in sort of a graphic novel or novel, novel or comic style. Um, and tells the story of Jamari, a young child who uh, seeks peace and serenity in spite of the myriad oppressive forces that surround him. Um, and as part of her project, Nancy actually offered a series of cartooning classes and discussions with uh, seniors at the George W. Davis Senior Center um, and was really impacted by those conversations. And I th um, uh, it really informed her final concept for her project as well. So. Um, and with that, I'm glad to finally get to, to present uh, Afatazi, the artist's artwork design uh, for this project. It's been many years in the making. She's been incredibly patient <laughs> to get to this point and has worked incredibly hard. Um, so you all uh, should have received in your explanatory uh, documents um, a really detailed written narrative um, provided by Afatazi about her artwork design process and concept, and concept, which I'll just summarize here, but I'm going to summarize them in your words. <laughs> That's okay. Um, and you're well, okay. Um, and then, um, and then I'll leave it up to you to answer any questions or if you want to add anything to what you've um, already provided. Um, so Afatazi, the artist, is a member of San Francisco's only shrinking demographic. Her work is informed by her deep concern of the continued population decline of her community, affirming them through mixed media, textile, metalwork, and research, used as vehicles of disruption, exploration, and future dreaming. Uh, for her project modalities and motifs, Afatazi has created a series of motifs that she is deploying as a mode of visual storytelling, highlighting various facets of her community's experience, history, and cultural identity. The motifs and patterns on each banner and aim to honor Afatazi and her community's unique lineage and history in this country, particularly in San Francisco, deep appreciation and respect for their ancestors, elders, and architects of freedom, continued fight for human rights in the United States, Black American culture, beauty created under extreme duress, and the understanding that everything in the past, present, and future is connected. Included in each banner uh, in a gallery style are excerpts from Afatazi's ongoing series, Afro Block Party, featuring various art historical, pop culture, and local personalities reinterpreted as cartoon characters with different Afro hire styles. Each banner features its own distinct pop art style color treatment of these individual portraits. Uh, this banner features the Buffalo Soldier motif, 
1866, the United States Congress effectively segregated the United States Army with the establishment of six regiments, which consisted entirely of newly emancipated freedmen, formerly enslaved men, who were eventually known as the Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, and this is again, as Afatazi writes, they were they were fierce soldiers who fought bravely in many significant military events. You want to read it? Yeah, you can go ahead. Yeah. Um, and just some clarification, the motif are the background that you're seeing um, when you guys see them in person, because I expect to see everyone in this room at the opening. <laughs> um, what you're seeing is if you isolate those like orange squiggly lines, you'll get buffaloes. You'll see it's just a, a repeated pattern. Um, I aim to honor the military history of my people in this country um, because it is significant. Without our contributions to the military, we would not have the country that we have today. Um, fighting for freedom for other people across the world and then coming back home to racism, discrimination, and subjugation is something that my father, I think, struggled with. So I want to honor him and a lot of other veterans that I know who fought for this country, a country that never loved them and continues to show them and their descendants that we don't matter. So our United States military is something that we help build and the genesis of that was Buffalo Soldiers, an all-Black regiment. They were segregated by Congress. So, okay, it was like the government legally segregated its own army. All right. And I wanted to honor them here in this motif. Every single person that you know who is a descendant of United States chattel slavery had family members that fought in World War I and World War II. And with my genealogy project at the Senior Center, where your people's from, when I did the genealogy research for every senior, it's about like 80 seniors I've done by now. Every single one of them had military history, extensive military history. And I mean, their fathers fought in World War I and World War II. And so um, this motif means a lot to me as, as um, I have a brother that's in the United States Army and um, the climate that's going on politically around the world. Um, war is a part of our history. And so I am honored and proud of the United States military and our service in that. And so that's what, what this slide is about. And in this one, I wanted to talk about all these little motifs. I don't know if all of these little, um, my Afro block party portraits, can I do that? Yeah, go ahead, of course. Oh, okay. So um, the first top left is called the birth of Aphrodite. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm also like growing up in San Francisco, you, you just got to laugh, you know, <laughs> laugh at something. So this is my version of the birth of Venus by Sandra Botticelli. And um, I love it. And it's called the birth of Aphrodite, which is coming out of the shell. The next one is just uh, another thing that I've made, like rainbows or sky afros, just because like when uh, there's there's difference in afros, like there's an afro and then there's like a natural, which is like picked out. 
And so it just kind of looks like a rainbow to me. Um, the next one is called The Golden Afternoon. And this is a play off of Disney's Alice in Wonderland scene where Alice is invited to sing with the flowers and she does an awful, awful job. And uh, it's the song that they're singing is called The Golden Afternoon. So that's a play on that. Um, the next one is Frida Kalfro. <laughs> and so this is Frida Kahlo, the iconic Mexican painter. Um, I think she's awesome. And so that's, there's that. Um, this is a, <laughs> this is a movie poster, guys. <laughs> E.T. Fro Home. I loved E.T. growing up, and that's my version of it. <laughs> the next one is just uh, called San Francisco, <laughs> and it just is like, you know, parts of San Francisco that are iconic, cable cars and hills, and there's the bridge that's kind of hidden in the back. Um, the next one is my take on the girl with uh, the pearl earrings. This is the girl with pearls in her curls. <laughs> and she has a string of pearls at the very top. And the next one is um, Fog City, San Francisco, and Ain't Sunny. So <laughs> um, the next one is the Afro-A-Go-Go, just -Go, like a party. And it could be a family reunion, it could be a block party, but it's a safe place. And the last one is the Frona Lisa. <laughs> and, and she's a cutie. And <laughs> I just really love, um, I grew up, I really liked coloring books. And so these are just things that I really think could be like coloring books. And so that's why they're this way. Um, yes, but then there's five motifs, so now we're, we've changed. Um, and so this motif in the background of these are, um, it's a North Star, and it, hi it highlights the role of the North Star as a navigational tool for my people, um, the, for, for architects of freedom, I carry it Tubman and the millions of souls that use the North Star, you know, um, as a navigational tool towards freedom, um, escaping enslavement in the United States. And that's what this motif, if you, again, when you guys show up, you can look at it closely and you'll see that it's a star. I don't know if you have yeah, like we, the- Yeah, we have the um, your explanatory documents, you can zoom in. Oh. So, yeah, it's hard to see on the screen. It looks better on the computer. Yeah. It's like, yeah. These are going to be five foot, five foot tall banners, so don't see the mm -hmm. details. Yeah. yeah. Um, this motif is about, it's, it says Gila, H-E-L-A in the background. And this is um, for Gila cells, Henrietta Lacks, um, who was a Baltimore woman was a descendant of chattel enslavement in this country. Her cells were harvested from her without her permission. And this banner aims to highlight all of the medical atrocities that my people have suffered at the hands of medicine, experimentations, and just lack of care. Um, I'm seeing that a lot in, our, in, in the genealogy course, that the lack of care when it comes to 
um, medical and just anything that has to do with us. And so I just wanted to highlight all of the people who were experimented on. We have the, um, you know, the um, birth, what is it? The birth rates, our, our um, infant mortality rates are very high in our community. And you can read study after study. The things that I'm saying are the truth. Um, please go do your own research and you'll see study after study shows that racism in the medical field has caused the death of my people and mothers when they're most vulnerable. And that's also something that really just makes me sad and wants, makes me want, um, want to honor these people who are the victims of, of um, just <laughs> medical racism. Yeah, we can go to the next one. Okay, um, <laughs> the background, the motif on this are folding chairs. And on the folding chairs, it says have several seats. And um, <laughs> the folding chairs are significant in that they have become a symbol of resilience and um, resistance. This is the next page. I'll, I'll get into more details. Um, this, this is called Fade in the Water. Montgomery River Front Brawl motif. On August 5th, 2023, a series of highly disturbing videos went viral and the folding chair of resistance was born. Fade in the Water was seen by many descendants as an act of resistance and solidarity for centuries for the public brut brutalization of enslaved people and their descendants and that had raged on with impunity. Um, what you saw there, I mean, again, you, you should Google or look it up yourself and draw your own conclusions and you we'll see that there's a history in our country of unjustified white mob violence, particularly during the American apartheid era, because America also had an apart and still does have an apartheid system against my people. And, and that it was, it was a contributing factor to the great migration. So I bring that up because um, San Franciscans who you would call native blacks, generational San Franciscans. Majority of us have our history to San Francisco during the great migration. We are descendants of the great migration. And that is something that happened partly due to white mob violence. Lynch mobs, that was a real thing. That was something my dad told me about. I didn't, he didn't experience it, but he know, he taught me about that. And that's something that really just is rem like when, when we saw that video of August 5th, that's what that reminds us of. It's very, very deeply, um, it's, it's a, what do you call that? Seeing that is like, a, it's triggering to see that. Um, but it's also uh, incredible to see the solidarity that our people had. It was people who didn't even know other people were helping. So that's what the folding chair is about. Um, and then is that no next one? The last one we have um, freedom, the freedom day, 
Freedom Day transfer. And so the date on this transfer is Monday, June 19th, 1865. And it is honoring our history and our legacy um, as descendants of chattel slavery in San Francisco. And I um, made this kind of like red, white, and blue to honor that we like our Americanness. We're Americans. Like we are Americans. And I wanted to make it red, white, and blue. And so, um, yeah, this is on. It also honors, I'm um, sorry, there's it, within our history here to San Francisco. There is um, a large number of folks who came from the Great Migration who have roots in Texas and Louisiana, specifically in San Francisco. The Great Migration had many migration patterns. So there was the route to California, there was a route to New York, and there was a route to places like Detroit and Chicago in the Midwest from the South. And so this to me, this honors like the route to of um, of really Texans, even though I'm not a Texan, but um, the contributions that Texans have made to San Francisco to try to continue to Juneteenth celebrations here in San Francisco. Um, thank you. I don't know if I was talking too much. You can talk all you want. <laughs> Foragers. So, um, yeah, just to round up um, and just to tell you how, how this is going to, what the next steps are. So these, so we're looking at, uh, these are going to be, a, each of these motifs, 100 foot long banners. There's going to be five of them, five feet tall. Um, they'll be um, installed uh, in a couple weeks in early November, so we'll put the word out when they're up, see what we can, we can get some folks out to the site. I also wanted to mention that sort of a critical um, component of your project is you approach this, these banners as material as well, as fabric. Yes. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit, just a little, I know you don't want to say much, okay. but just maybe say a few things about what your plan is to, with the banners when they come down. Um, you have a plan for to use them. Yeah. So. Um... I I am a I'm a textile artist besides making these this the Afro Black Party. I'm a textile artist and I'm a welder. And so I wanted to think about the entire life cycle of the banners because like I really I really like it myself. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that I could reuse them um once they came down. Um because that that was I didn't want to just them to just sit there, you know. In, folded up in a closet or somewhere, and so yeah. Like, is, is there something specific? Well, no, no. <laughs> anyway, there. Can we, <laughs> yeah. So the plan, the plan is to 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 use them towards your to your wearable textile art, and hopefully they will be on display and in an occasion to be maybe announced at some point in the future. But the plan is for these to be converted into your incredible textile wearable artworks. Um, so the life of these will go on beyond the year that they're up. And I love that you're approaching this as like a material to have like multiple lives and uses in your practice as well. Material so. is really, like custom material is really expensive. And so I really approached it as the city's paying you to have 500, multiple 500 or multiple 100 foot banners. You got thousands that you, yeah, that, that you could use in other things. So make it things that you really like that you can use in other projects later on and you'll you'll have it. And so that's that's really kind of how I approached it. Like if I was 
being paid to to make my own fabric, which is great. Custom fabric and it's really expensive. Yeah. So anyway, um, I want to congratulate you uh, on your um, your project. I'm happy to open up the floor now to any commissioner comments or questions. I'm also joined by Blair Randall from the PUC here too, as well as uh, our client for the project. These are stunning. I'm kind of like speechless right now, but they're brilliant and they're stunning and incredibly moving. Thank you for all your work. Commissioner McCoy here. I have to thank you. Thank you for honoring our history. This is really, um, um, for those of you who don't know, this, this work shows the juxtapose of our joy and pain at the same time. And it's um, in in just <laughs> some of it's comical and some of it's super painful. I'm I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes. I'm like crying and laughing at the same time because um, um, that's what your work makes me feel. Everything it's all the feels of um, of our history, and that is the you know the beauty of it. So thank you, and I can't wait to see this up and I can't see where else this work is going to go as well. It's going to be really good. It's going to have a really good life. Yes, I'm going to speak it. Uh, Commissioner Hickey, I just want to thank you because um, being here, you give me perspective. I would not know that story. So I want to thank you for sharing the story because now I look at it very differently than I would have done when you first put it up. So thank you and for, thanks for the personal experience. Um, and I was going to ask her to invite us. You know. <laughs> oh, the chairs. <laughs> Thank you for your questions, Commissioner. Thank you so much for that presentation. Um, I was fortunate enough to be on the panel uh, for this project. Uh, all the panels are always um, they're amazing. They're always super challenging, but this one uh, was great because we were able to choose multiple artists. And I remember looking at your work and being extremely moved by your work. Um, and at the time, and that was that was a few years ago now that we did that panel. Um, not least amongst is your pattern work uh, and how you translate uh, the art, the visual art that you do into um, textile and into. Uh, um, uh, uh, fashion design and, and clothing design. It's beautiful. Um, and hearing how you interpret your work uh, gives such a deeper connection and meaning um, than even, you know, the descriptions that we got in the panel. So I really, really appreciate, uh, you know, your thoughts and, and your process uh, and you sharing that with us. Um, and yeah, I think this is so poignant to the work that we're doing in San Francisco. Uh, again, kind of calling back to some of the other things we talked about today, and this is such an important part of our history. Um, my partner actually is part of the uh, migration from Louisiana with his family, and I've talked to his uh, grandmother quite a bit about that. Uh, and I don't think that there is enough of a platform for people to talk about that part of San Francisco's history. So thank you for providing one uh, in a way that will uh, you know, be visually there to brighten and beautify our community, but also give an opportunity for uh, more education around um, that part of San Francisco's history. So thank you. Um, 
And I love the fact that you're going to reuse it because this has come up before uh, in how can these panels, how will they go forward? And I remember talking about, you know, how they might get weathered by the sun and, and you know, they're being out there for so long, like how that will affect the material. Um, but the fact that you were going to use that, and I think even just the way that uh, them being displayed will interact with the material and then you being able to use that in future art, it just, um, that's beautiful. So thank you. Thank you very much for reusing the work and um, I can't wait to see it up. Please invite us all to the opening. Thank you. I wanted to add one more comment and that is as someone who, who does sew and has made quilts in applique, um, this is very much a labor of love. You're going to put in thousands and thousands and thousands of hours. You're probably going to average getting paid 50 cents an hour. And I just want to acknowledge that. <laughs> It really is a gift and a labor of love that that you're that we are going to be privileged to use. Thank you. And please share with us. I would love to see you know what you do with it after. That'd be really cool to see. Well, wait. So when is it coming down? Three months. So, and we are, well, as soon as we get approval, we're going to submit the files to the printer. So hopefully these will be going up in early November. First it comes down. And uh, four months after that. Yeah. 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 So maybe summer he'll probably. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, well, thank you again so much. And thank you, Jackie, for the work that you guys are, are doing. Um, just want to check if we have any other commissioner comments, questions. Any other last comments from you guys? All right. Um, thank you. All right. I would like to open it up for public comment uh, and also um, just ask Blair. Blair, did you have any um, comments? I know that you guys have been working very closely with this project. Yeah. Uh, good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Blair Randall with the San Francisco Public Utilities Commission. I'm on the liaison to the Arts Commission from the SFPUC. I um, have been just incredibly honored to work with the Arts Commission for seven years on these incredible projects that we've done, and this is certainly one of them. So I just want to really thank the Arts Commission and all the artists, um, specifically Afatazi, for doing some really, really incredible work on a site. You know, these murals are on the side of our Southeast Treatment Plant, um, and so, you know, the the upgrades to the plant are going to be long term are and um, quite significant um, And these murals just have had a really strong presence in the community. But just really wanted to say thank you so much to the commissioners um, and to the program managers, Mary and Jackie, and to all the artists for the incredible work that, that you all have done. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Blair, and thank you again, uh, both you and SFPUC have been nothing but a delight to work with. So thank you. And uh, Jackie, just to double check, this is the last in the series. Is that correct? This is it. Oh, wow. Look at that. Okay. okay. So um, I think these will be up for the next year. And then by the time they come down, hopefully construction of the building will be more or less complete. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, unless it's extended, in which case, who knows? Maybe there'll be another artist. But no, this is Afatazi's the final, final artist. And what a way to wrap it up. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> yes. Great, and I look forward to uh, the new building, and I believe I believe there will be new, some art opportunities there too. Okay. Yeah, of um, course. One more thing that there's open studios this weekend. All of you art lovers, right? Uh, one building one hundred and one shipyard. <laughs> Meet me there. 
<laughs> you and Malik. Both yeah, yeah, Malik and I. A lot of our artists. Right, are, we're right across the way from each other now. Oh, that's great. So, open studios is this weekend, guys. Um, from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Hunters Point Shipyard Artist Studios, um, Saturday and Sunday. Awesome. And I'm sorry, you said which building? Building. Well, there's there's multiple buildings, but I'm in building 101, as is Malik. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Right. Uh, so I would like to open it up for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number eight, the Southeast treatment plant construction fence? There is no public in person, so we'll be taking remote public comment for those joining via WebEx, please raise your hand. If you're calling by phone, plus star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There is no public comment. Great, uh, then I would like to ask for a motion. So moved, Commissioner Beltran. Second, McCoy. Thank you, commissioners. Uh, all those in favor, say aye. Aye. All those opposed, say nay. And I didn't say my I, so I as well. <laughs> uh, motion passes unanimously. Great. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs> All right. We're going to move uh, forward to item number nine. If you wish to make a public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number nine is the 2023 Art on Market Street poster series. We have a discussion and possible action to approve the 12 final designs by Minifon for the 2023 Art on Market Street Kiosk Poster Series. I'd like to introduce Program Associate Craig Cora to introduce the item. Craig. Um, good afternoon, Commissioners. Uh, I'll be presenting the 12 final designs by Minifan for the 2023 Art on Market Street Poster Series. Um, her project is called No History, No Self. Um, and just briefly about Minnie, um, she is an illustrator and, and writer based in Oakland, California. Her work has been featured by Google, SFMOMA, and the San Francisco Public Library. And she it illustrated a, reading, a citywide reading campaign in 2022 for the um, public library. Um, and she has illustrated several picture books of her own. Um, no History, No Self is a poster series showcasing Asian American trailblazers in art and culture whose life was tied to the city of San Francisco. Um, the goal of this project is to amplify Asian American artists who have came, come before and have helped future artists recognize their place in the long interwoven cultural history of San Francisco. So um, Minnie being the overachiever she is, um, made a little comic to introduce the um, comic posters. So uh, she created these art student characters who will be featured in one side of the poster who are kind of talking about each individual and talking about art and life. And um, so they're called Georgie and Momo. And I'll, let you, I'll read this really quickly. <laughs> and uh, there you go. It's an illustrated poster series written by many fans, sponsored by SFAC <laughs> and SFMTA. Um, again, exploring trailblazers in art, culture, and life. Who's tied to San Francisco? Um, just hoping you enjoy this series. And gave a little date. We might extend the um, installation of this of this series. 
And so, <laughs> and so um, she chose six Asian Asian American artists. Um, the first being Ruth Asawa. And so she, there's 12 um, final designs on six artists. So they'll be hung kind of back to back in the bus shelter. So one is kind of featuring the art and the image of the artist. And then um, the next will be a little um, comic narrative about the art students kind of discussing each artist. So we have Ruth Asawa, uh, Bernice Bing, Uh, Lonnie Ding, uh, James Leong, uh, Martin Wong, and Kasich Wong. These are the 12 final um, designs for the poster series. One thing to note is that uh, many actually learned about Kasich Wong through a previous series from Win Mixter's um, Pride is a Protest series. And if you could see in the third, the middle panel of third down, the um, characters are actually sitting at a bus stop um, viewing Win Mixter's Art of Market Street poster, uh, Kasich Wong. <laughs> So yeah, we've we've gone meta. Yes. Um, and then she's also um, I know you all like QR codes. She she included a QR code at the um, bottom right of each poster, where which will um, take you to her website and there a little more information on each artist and links to um, further further information. So yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions you have on this series and. Great job. Thank you. Thank you so much, Craig. Uh, yeah, commissioners, do you have any questions or comments? I'm very, this was my first and only panel I sat on. So I got to, so it's nice to see the final presentation. I, yeah. I look forward to seeing it at the bus station. Yes. I've seen the other one, so it's kind of nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the work. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, Commissioner McCoy here. I, lo I love these posters. I actually have observed quite a few tourists and people will stop and take pictures of them and yeah um, yeah so it's really it's it's a great impact um probably far beyond what we can measure yeah so thanks oh yeah thank you for that um what, one other thing to um, note is uh this is the last of 2023 uh it is also the last of our two years of doing comics exclusively and so uh Successful. Yeah, and it's, I think it's been very impactful for the artists as well because um, comic book writers are usually isolated and then their work is read in isolation. So for them to be able to see their work in the public and then viewing um, the public interacting with their work has been really personally impactful for them. Um, my comment would be um, I love that. Uh, we are mixing it up and maybe doing something different, but I also hope since it was so successful that we'll bring back, bring it back. the comic yeah. series again, um, seeing as this is an ongo ongoing annual project, um, you know, a few years down the line and revisit. Thank you. Thank you so much for your work on this, Craig. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, any other comments from commissioners? And where can I get the posters? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, and Craig, remind me, I think we have discussed this. What happens to the posters when they come down? The artists get them? So um, we do get the posters when they come down. Um, what I, I normally make a full, complete set of the best one, because they're in minibus shelters for over three months. So they're not in the best condition, but I make a, a set for each artist to have. And then nice. we have the other posters usually around the office. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. They're actually quite large. So yeah. they're they're sixty-eight inches by seven. So not the most convenient to have. <laughs> um, and just throwing this out as an idea with whatever is left over, maybe that could be something that could be auctioned on behalf of the Arts Commission to raise money for our programming. Mm. Yeah. We did at one point sell the posters when they came down, but it's quite a it's not quite a staff. <laughs> it's quite an administrative feat to be able to process that and to right. to manage it. So we yes. just continued. Yes. And I think I, I sold expense. one in four years. Yeah. Maybe we can do an exhibit someday. There we go. <laughs> we, Save them all for one yeah. big fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. We do actually create an archive of um, smaller scale of each poster series, um, which is, you know, accessioned into the collection and available. Um, for display, but they have to be framed first, of course. Nice. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much, Craig. Thank you, commissioners. And what a beautiful project. Yay. Um, all right. So checking uh, for any public comment. Is there any public comment on item number nine, the 2023 Art on Market Street poster series? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand. Um, for those calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There's no in-person public. And there's no public on the line. There's no public comment. Great. Thanks, Tara. All right. I'd like to ask for a motion. Commissioner Daltron, so moved. Commissioner Hakimi, second. Thank you, commissioners. Um, all those in favor say aye. 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 And all opposed say nay. Motion passes unanimously. Thank you, Tara. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Craig. All right, let's move to item number 10, which is the 2024 Art, oh, yeah, Art on Market Street poster series. Uh, if you'd like to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. We have a discussion and possible action to approve Curti, Basending, Calixto, Robles, and Jesse Hernandez for the 2024 Art on Market Street poster series. I'd like to reintroduce program associate Craig Kapoor to present the item. Craig. Uh, hello again, commissioners. So, um... Uh, this week on Monday, October 16th, uh, the artist review panel for the Art on Market Street poster series for next year um, met and evalu evaluated the qualifications of the artists who applied to the open call. Um, I'd like to thank Commissioner Ferris, Jackie Vontresco, and Executive Director of the Association of the Ramatushaloni, Jonathan Cordero, for serving on the panel. Um, just as a reminder, the 2024 um, theme is um, devoted to San Francisco Bay Area Native peoples and where artists will have the opportunity to create original artwork recognizing the history, culture, and legacy uh, and the future of Bay Area Indigenous people. 
So we um, we met and um, selected uh, uh, three artists um, to move forward to create um, conceptual proposals, which we'll then bring back to you at a later date. Those artists are um, Kurti Basendine, um, who is a Bay Area photographer and documentarian. She is intrigued by human relationships and how they impact the discovery of identity within one's culture and the wider, wider world. Um, they place greater importance on re, um, reconnecting with in, indigenous cultural roots, passing on culture to the next generation and human ecological relationships. Her work focuses, focuses on telling in, indigenous cultural histories through three waves of genocide in California. So, um, their proposed idea is to feature photography of tribal members with short form narratives, combining portraiture, landscape, and craft imagery. Uh, themes of the project will focus on their cultural expression and how they navigate this modern world. Their efforts on indigenous land stewardship, cultural revitalization efforts, and the preservation of traditional knowledge. This will be achieved through two posters of each tribe, bringing an intergenerational perspective by including members of the younger generation also. Uh, presenting positive and affirming imagery, the series will encourage Bay Area Native people to embrace and celebrate their heritage while instilling a sense of belonging and identity. By highlighting the diverse traditions, values, and practices, the project aims to build bridges of respect and cross-cultural dialogue. Um, Jesse Hernandez um, is the other artist. Um, their art, artwork honors the strength, resilience, and beauty of indigenous, um, indigenous American culture. His work is meant to preserve and shine a light on traditions through a modern style. Uh, the themes, these themes continue across all mediums in his work from murals, animation, poster design, and sculpture. Uh, he says the voice of his ancestors are what drives him to create art. He will focus on uh, culture and words of resilience coupled with history of land and people and will show shell mounds, burial grounds, flora and fauna of indigenous lands, including tulle, sage, and abalone. And finally, we have Calixto Robles, who is an indigenous migrant from um, Oaxaca, Mexico, and came to California in 1983. He is a printer, painter, and ceramic sculptor, uh, uses joyous themes and references iconography of his, his indigenous heritage. He wants to inspire people to respect the earth and engage in social justice. Top, topics in his work include climate change, immigrant rights, uh, voting rights, uh, and missing and murdered indigenous women. He will create designs and images with symbols that inspire peace, hope, love, resilience, compassion, unity, and resistance. Yeah, so those are the three artists that we had selected for the um, uh, next year's poster series. We will be doing um, kind of an internal review of some additional artists um and creating a short list which will then uh have a kind of a direct select process to choose the fourth artist and we will be consulting with the panel to do um to make that selection 
Great. Thank you so much, Greg. And again, always a delight to be on panels. And I love being on the panels where we can choose multiple artists. It makes it a little less uh, heart wrenching to do. Um, and the work is beautiful. So really excited. And I really appreciated uh, Jonathan being on the panel with us and giving us the insight uh, and suggestions uh, to help guide and inspire the artists going forward, which I think is very important. So. Um, so yeah, so thank you, Craig, and thank you again to Jonathan and to staff working on this project. All right, want to open it up to any commissioner comments or questions. And seeing none, thank you again. Oh wait, actually that one. I just wanted to um, commend you on the really nice um, diversity of visual style. I think that yeah. will, works really well. Yeah, yeah, well. <clears throat> thank you, Commissioner Beltran, and yes, here, here. All right, any other comments from commissioners? Seeing none, I'd like to open it up to public comment. Is there any public comment on item number 10, the 2024 Art on Market Street poster series? We will be taking in-person public comments first. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There is no in-person public and there is no remote public comment. Great, thanks Tara. All right, I'd like to ask for a motion. Altrin, so moved. Second McCoy. Thank you, commissioners. All those in favor say aye. Aye. All opposed say nay. Great, sorry. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, commissioners. All right, I'd like to call item number 11. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 11 is the Treasure Island Photography Documentation Project. Um, I would like to introduce Director Public Art Trust and Special Initiatives, Jill Mantman. Thank you. Hello, everyone. It's great to see you. It's wonderful to be here. And I'm very pleased to be presenting, making an informational presentation on this project. Over a year ago, um, a selection panel, including Commissioner Beltran, um, selected five photographers to document Treasure Island, over Treasure Island in Yerba Buena Island over the course of the past year and or, or year and a half. Um, as you know, it's undergoing a major uh, redevelopment and will eventually have 8,000 new units of housing, multiple parks and open spaces. It's a time of transition when old buildings are being removed, new vistas are being opened. Um, it's, it's, a very, it's a very interesting time and each photographer has brought a unique, a, a very unique and distinct um, perspective to their work. Um, not only do they have the, their distinct perspectives, but they each work with a, um, a different kind of photographic equipment. Um, some of the photographers, or one of the photographers has chosen to go before dawn, and she has a large format camera and has, you know, actually been quite physical in terms of where she go carrying the equipment and where she goes to get the best shot. Um, another artist has photographed work, but has also looked for um, archival material at the San Francisco Public Library that might correspond to past and present. Another artist, John Chiara, actually made his own camera that I, I've forgotten um, the scale of it. It's 
immense. It's the size of a U-Haul little trailer. And he has built a dark room with his own equipment to accommodate that. So we have a very diverse representation of work. Um, we are fortunate to be able to display a selection of 40, photo 40 photographs in uh, 40 deco advertising kiosks throughout the downtown. So these are the kiosks that I refer to as being like giant tea canisters. They're 12 feet by, the poster space is 12 feet by four feet wide. So we had a challenge and I also, I'd like to have Paris come join me here because I really want to commend her for her excellent work on this project and, and leadership really. We um, had the task, of, well, first we asked the artists to give us their best um, eight photographs and we had some you know, feedback for them. Some of them chose to show things that were maybe not as favorable or as positive. And we know that we want to show and Treasure Island wants to promote a very positive um, image of the island. Uh, Paris handled all of those delicate interactions, giving feedback to the artist, um, helping them. Uh, and then we had the idea for the kiosks. At the end of the photography project, a lot of the photographers worked with a horizontal format camera, and these are vertical kiosks. So the images themselves needed to be cropped. And I, you know, Paris again was very involved in, in that and giving um, aesthetic feedback to the artist. And then we hired a wonderful graphic designer, Ellen Christensen, who we'd never worked with before. And she really um, imbued the design of the poster with an art deco feel to it that really acknowledges and honors the, um, the, the founding of Treasure Island. It was built for the Golden Gate International Expo. And if you've been to Treasure Island and you've seen building one, one of the historic buildings, it is built in a beautiful art deco style. And then there was that interface with the artist. They didn't want the designer. They just wanted their photographs to be the primary attention. And it took um, it took um, just a certain amount of skill in terms of communication and patience and diplomacy. And again, Paris handled that. And um, no easy task with different egos involved. And then uh, lastly, just getting the posters ready for print, there was a whole new level of interaction between the graphic designer, the photographers in terms of the resolution of their images, and the printer. And that process was actually more complicated than we realized. Uh, Paris went to the printer's studio to Electric Works, a local firm that does fabulous work, went to the studio to inspect the work. She um, served as a liaison between the printer and the designer and the photographers and we have what you know the end result of the net result of that is 40 wonderful posters and um so they were installed i think it's just over a week ago in different places throughout the downtown and financial district and then also just deciding where each poster went was another challenge we wanted to ensure equity that everyone got a good space. Everybody got primary real estate. In popular zones, we wanted to make sure that everyone's work was represented and matching, making those decisions about what photograph best suited what which environment was, you know, a curatorial feat in itself. And again, Paris had a you know major, major role. So thank you for your excellent work. And now I'd like to show you the photographs and just what something happened that never happened before. Deco contacted us after they installed the 40 photos and they said, 
you know, we'd like to install more of these free of charge and we'll print them ourselves. And the printing is quite expensive to print a 12 foot by four foot poster. So they're printing 15 more at their on, on their own dime. And again, Paris will be involved deciding where they go and et cetera, ensuring that we have equity and distribution of, of sites and visibility. So it's really been a, a wonderful project and um, the artists love their work so much that they've asked if they could continue working. Um, it's no cost to the Arts Commission. They only have to provide insurance. Treasure Island is willing to and to approve that. So we're extending several of the contracts so that they can continue this work. So um, this one, the arrow. Okay, thank you. So uh, this is a little difficult to see, and I'll go by go through them one by one. Um, and that's we. That's our press release. Uh, everyone's quoted in it. Um, Ralph. Faisen, uh, Deco, uh, I, did we under, ever end up getting a comment from um, Connie Chu? I can't remember if that was included, but everyone wanted to be um, included in this, and uh, we're very we're very happy. So, do we do we have individual images? Okay, I'll move through these quickly. So, here you can see the work of Mito Lee, and we only do we have eight or just four? There's two. Okay, yeah. So um, Mito is the one who got up at pre-dawn pre to go to Treasure Island to get some spectacular shots. And interestingly, some of the, what you'll see in several of the photos is um, this photo of the Bay Bridge overhead and some of the historic structures from the Navy and everyone has brought their own unique aesthetic to it. David Allen Boyd. Um, David is the one who uh, obtained images from the Public Library Archive. He wanted to include multiple images in his posters. And so here you see demolition, you see construction, you see past history, the Pacific Unity sculptures from the Golden Gate I Expo, um, the uh, control tower on top of building one because building one after the Golden Gate International Expo was supposed to be the a terminal for the uh, San Francisco International Airport. And then after Pearl Harbor was bombed, the um, Navy took over and found other government owned um, land for the International Airport. And this is Cody Anderson. And that's Admiral Bidoff's house there with the very contemporary sculptural freeway overpass um, on top of it. Then Janet Delaney, many of you probably know her work. And again, we have Admiral Bidoff's residence just from a different perspective. John Chiara and John Chiara is the photographer who built his own camera, created his own enlarger. Um, these exposures are, are, are take a very long time and um, it's a very meditative work. And, and that's the series. So I wanted to share it and I really wanted to commend and thank Paris publicly for her excellent work. Thank you so much, Joe. Beautiful, beautiful work and um, documenting, you know, something that is a very uh, 
important part again of San Francisco history. So thank you. You're welcome. Um, and I just wanted to make one more comment. As as many of you know, we had we have one sculpture selected and installed, uh, the Hiroshi Sugimoto sculpture. And Commissioner Beltran has served on the steering committee since it was established in 2017. And um, we, this gave us a way, we haven't moved forward with another project yet. And this really gave us a way to bring in local artists and make them a part of the program, which is really part of its premise that we will showcase the work of local nationally known and internationally renowned artists. So this is a, a small step in that direction. Great, thank you, Jill, and thank you, Paris. All right, I'm opening it up to commissioner questions, comments. Oh, this is Commissioner Beltran, and um, this has been a multi-year project, and from both seeing the results as well as um, Deco's response that they loved it so much, they're going to, you know, expand the, um, the number of prints just to test to the wild success of the project. Um, both also, I, you know, I know what it's like to work with finicky artists, so that was definitely a challenge, I'm sure, especially photographers. Um, and to Jill's work, because you've just been so enormously hardworking and thoughtful with this whole project. And, and it was actually Jill's idea in the first place to do this. So this is pretty brilliant in terms of actually this idea of having artists document, you know, what was going on at Treasure Island. And so I think that was just sort of a very creative and brilliant idea to, and then it ended up so, so successfully. I also wanted to just call out that. Ellen Christensen is actually one of my good friends and a design colleague. We both teach it in design at San Francisco State University. And I got an email in my design, um, SF State design inbox saying, oh, Ellen Christensen just did the Treasure Island poster. So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's so cool. I don't know how you found her name, but she's incredibly brilliant. And and Noah Lang is also a friend of mine. He, you know, he founded Electric Works and has always been a friend to local artists and doing their print work. So it, it was, you know, a wonderful day or collaboration in terms of maximizing the talent yeah. and being able to show it off. Thank you. We had the A-team working with us. Yes, definitely the A-team. Thank you, Commissioner Beltran. And yes, thank you, Jill. I mean, every every project you bring across our desk is is outstanding, and um, so thank you. Thank you for the work that you do. Thank you. Uh, all right, any other commissioner comments or questions? Seeing none, is there any public comment on item number up? Thank you. Uh, item number 11, the Treasure Island Phot Photography Documentation Project. For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, please press star three to be put in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There is no public in person. And there is no public on the line. There's no public comment. Thanks, Tara. Thank you again, Paris. Thank you so much, Joe. All right, uh, I'd like to call item number 12. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. Item number 12 is the staff report. I'd like to introduce art civic art collection and public art program director, Mary Chu. Thank you, Commissioner Ferris. Um, this is a brief report. Uh, so just repeating um, 
what Jackie had presented earlier is that the RFQ for the Petrero Yard Modernization Project will be posted on Monday, um, and it'll be up through December uh, December 11th. And then um, also just highlighting to the Shipyard Open Studios uh, Saturday, um, this Saturday and Sunday, as well as Artspan San Francisco Open Studios starting on the 19th, and then going through November 19th. And that's it for my staff report. <laughs> Keeping you short and brief. <laughs> You're welcome. That's great. Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. All right. Uh, checking for any commissioner discussion or questions. Not much, I guess. To <laughs> so we'll move forward and uh, call for public comment. Do we have any public comment on item number twelve, the staff report? Um. If you're in person, please come to the podium. If you're on WebEx, please raise your hand. If you're on the phone, please press star three. There's no public in person or online. There's no public comment. Great. All right, uh, then let's move forward. We're gonna call item number 13. If you wish to make public comment on this item, you may now raise your hand to be added to the queue and you will be called on at the appropriate time. And I didn't say thank you again. Thank you so much, Mary, for your staff report. Item number 13 is new business and announcements. This item is to allow commissioners to introduce new agenda items for consideration to report on recent art activities and to make announcements. Um, do we have any commissioner discussion? I have an announcement. Um, I, speaking of where I teach at San Francisco State University, I actually teach in design. Um, we are opening a um, sustainable haunted house as part of my exhibition design class. Um, which will be Friday and it opens at 11 o'clock on Friday and we'll be up for a week. And it's very exciting because everything we made in the haunted house is from the SF state trash bin or from sustainable materials like paper mache and reused Amazon boxes. So they've created like a, a cauldron completely out of paper mache that people are going to be able to step into and take their picture. That's going to have steam coming out of it. Um, and they even created from scratch um, uh, a toilet because they, they did an entire set of rooms. They did a living room, dining room, kitchen and bathroom. And the bathroom has a toilet that's made completely out of cardboard as well as a, a shower. And there's going to be sound effects like when you stick your head in the shower, the, the soundtrack from Psycho is going to come on. So I think it's going to be really fun. Awesome. Well, Commissioner Hakimi, sorry, two, a couple of things. Um, first, uh, um, I want I once I I came Friday to the opening of the new um exhibit. I want to thank Carolina. It was really nice to be here. And it was my first time being at opening at it, so it was really I appreciate what you guys are doing over there. Um, second thing I want to ask you, you know, last month we or month before we approved um with the uh, SFMTA, we approved these um. Um, painting of the um, so these artists that we approved uh, for painting the uh, electrical, you know. So I was in London last week and I saw this disturbing video that went viral that in Mission Street, this guy physically was harassing the artist. Uh, he actually, uh, because it was a, he, he had done, um, I think the images were of, of, of a, uh, uh, of a um, drag or a, I, was, I think it's drag. Oh, yeah, exactly. And he kept whitewashing it. It wasn't even, he washed, he actually pinned over. And I, I just, I wanted to raise that issue. And I, I reached out to a couple of other artists that I knew that were doing the work. 
And few of them said that they were actually harassed. They were really they were attacked. They were personally harassed for their work, such as the LGBTQ uh, community. So I just wanted to raise that. Like what, what I, I understand it was the SFMTA um, property, but as the art commission, I'd like to know, I'd like to raise the issue of how do we, how do we address this? Because I, I didn't even see anything about it on the art commission and nobody actually talked about it. I just want to know how do we deal with situations like that? Less. Thank you. It was it was very thank you. That's okay. That's okay. Um, you're welcome. I shouldn't say that yet. Um, but but thank you for raising this. And um, Lex, could you announce yourself for the? I'm sorry, Lex Life Aid Deputy Director of Programs for the San Francisco Arts Commission. So um, thank you, Commissioner Hakimi, for raising that subject. Uh, our Director of Communications Comité is um, is aware of it and has been in communication with Paint the Void, who is the organization who commissioned the artist who took the video when he bravely spoke to the person in um, in their neighborhood who was painting over uh, the the box and you know you could see was was letting was letting them know that it was a permitted um, artwork and that that education was not received and that it really did appear to be an attack. Um, very vile. He was actually doing a, I would consider a. Yeah. So, um, so we're working, so the Arts Commission is working through COMA to be in communication with Paint the Void and with the artist and also to think about more broadly the reality that, you know, as our district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, had made an announcement recently, unfortunately, hate crimes are on the rise. And when something is, you know, directed toward a community and not just an individual, it can be considered a hate crime. This could potentially be considered a hate crime um, based on the content of, you know, what I've seen, which is the video. So I'm, um, I will relay your comments and concerns to COMA and we can follow up with you commissioners to let you know, you know, what's the status. Uh, I don't want to you know, represent or misrepresent the actions Paint the Void or the artist is taking at this time. But now that we, now that you've raised it, we can be, we can follow up with you. And the other thing is, um, you know, as it relates to statements, right? Statements on the, through the Arts Commission, I, we're really thinking about when it's appropriate within our mission to make a statement, we could make a statement every single day. And and often the art makes the statement, you know, we, we are in the business of producing, you know, of creative and cultural production. And so um, that's another area where I think we probably would welcome the feedback and guidance of our commissioners and continue to work closely with you on understanding, you know, within the context of our mission and our values and, you know, the engagement we're doing at this time where when and when is it when is the statement time i appreciate that because i think we're at the verge of uh, we're going to see a lot more of that in the next few months so i agree i, I like for us to be pragmatic and uh, i don't think silence is the right way to do these things we need to have we need to make make the communities feel safe thank we, you we, yeah so thank you for addressing that i think Craig wanted to oh, yeah um i've actually been in contact with the artist as well um and there will be an action related to um, the work on Friday uh, where he'll be repainting the work 
and there'll be, you know, people around him in support. Um, there will be some sort of media, social media post about that where um, I think Coma will share it on our platforms as well as release a statement from um, from us in support of him. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate your support and <laughs> thoughtfulness. <laughs> the other thing is I want to remind you that the Song of the North is here this weekend. If uh, you like uh, shadow uh, theater and puppetry, this is really something you've never experienced. Uh, so it's about the Shahnameh, which is the Persian uh, Book of Kings. So he takes his, he, this guy, I mean, the White House has his book. So he's done a series of, I mean, this is not, this is like this extraordinary artist who's done work around the world. And he, it goes from his books to his, to his uh, pop-up books, but uh, also now he, he, he combined these shadow theater from the ancient, um, you know, styles of, of, which is very Asian. I, I think it's very based on Asian culture, but he, he sort of has taken it to cinema. cinema. So because he's a, he's a graphic designer himself, so it's actually live people performing with these um, magnificent artwork of pieces and then the story and the, so if you haven't, if you have, especially with kids and all that, it's, it's a fun thing to do. So he's, uh, he's on a world tour, so it's here for the weekend at Mason um, from Friday to Saturday to Sunday. So if you get a chance, go see it. <laughs> anyway, thank you for your time, everybody. It was, as always, fun to be here. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Akimi. It's always awesome to get to work with you. Uh, and thank you for bringing that to um, the attention of VAC. Thank you. Uh, any other commissioner comments? Just want to let everybody know there is a Civic Pride event going on this weekend, October 21st. That will be happening at the East Cut Crossing, um, celebrating San Francisco. So please come out. I'll be there hosting an activity table. Um, where people can stencil um, tote bags with San Francisco designs. Um, and yeah, come celebrate San Francisco with us. All right, and seeing no other commissioner comments, I'd like to open it up for public comment. Is there any public comment on item number 13, new business and announcements? For those joining in person, please proceed to the public comment podium. For those joining remotely, please raise your hand if you're listening via WebEx. If you're calling by phone, press star three to be placed in the queue. Instructions are on the screen. There is no in-person public and we have no one on the line. So there's no public comment. Okay, weird. Thanks, Tara. All right, uh, then I'd like to move to item number 14, adjournment. This meeting is adjourned. Yay, Thank you, everybody. Thank you. So many things. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>